Hey guys, Steve here, Potent Phonics. Today we're going to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Hey everybody, welcome to Growing with Fishes podcast, episode 316. Uh, we have a really cool episode for you guys again today. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, once again, following on the theme of last week, we have another wonderful Thai grower. Um, I've actually had a chance to spend a bunch of time with him last weekend. We had a really good time down in Buriram. And um, he's a, a, certainly one of the people that's, that's a Westerner who's had been incredibly deeply involved in the cannabis industry out here longer than most. And um, has a lot of different insights that I think a lot of people have that is, is quite unique and, and education on, on the scene that's um, very different than most. So I uh, really appreciate you coming on this week, uh, Infamous. Thanks a lot. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And it was a real fun having you down the brewery room. Sorry, the cannabis market wasn't fully up to swing, but I, I think we had a good time regardless. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a, a, a quick laugh about that. Uh, it was, either way, it was as memorable as if it was <laughs> completely packed right so at the end of the day it's okay <laughs> um we also have wes engine joining us how's it going wes pretty good man might even be a better uh, story that there was no cannabis there like <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah man but big up potent big up infamous prophet uh yeah man excited to learn and burn with you and uh yeah see learn all about what's uh, going down in thailand so let's get into it and uh, if you guys aren't already familiar, be sure to check out our class over apmjclass.com. I'll actually be doing a ton of new KNF content that we're filming live out here, as well as liquid IMO uh, uh, content for that course, as well as the mineral and microbe course uh, as well. So we'll be adding content to both of those uh, in the near future. That's all fresh from you know filming in Thailand. So again, if you purchase any of my classes, I you don't buy it and then I forget that it's a thing. You buy it and I add new content to it every three or four months. You know, we're constantly keeping these classes up to date as best as we're able to. So think of them more like purchasing a constantly updating, you know, a reference guide book more than a, than a, a class in terms of, you know, you're, you're going to stay relevant. It's not just buying the old knowledge. You're getting the new stuff as well. So check that out. And then we also have our class as well at thepestclass.com. If you're looking for a, a full spectrum uh, pest management course uh, uh, online, um, all of those are hosted through Teachable. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, regardless of your time zone. So, um, and we do have live sessions as well, in case you do have questions uh, about the classes that, you know, we're happy to hold your hand, answer you or answer questions via email. Alrighty. Um, for the, the, again, for those of you that don't know, uh, Infamous Gardens is, is one of the most well-known people out here in the Thai scene. Um, he uh, uh, collectively goes by M. Everyone I've known uh, calls you M, so, uh, but uh, we'll call you Infamous for the show. Um, but um, sure. <laughs> so he used to own the only hydro store there in Buriram for many years, which is um, kind of the capital of the cannabis scene out here in uh, in Thailand, um, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term. It's kind of like the Humboldt of, of Thailand when it comes to the cannabis scene. So I'm really excited to have him on and, and excited to learn about your knowledge. I know you have seen and grown, you know, almost more uh, cannabis than, than most other Westerners <laughs> out here. So uh, thanks for taking the time to come on. Uh, thank you again. It's a it's a real pleasure. I've, obviously, like we said, I've been following you from a while on uh, various different platforms. So it's a uh, kind of exciting to finally end up on your show. So the world's taking a full three sixty. <laughs> I would also say uh, so. I just wanted to also mention I'm also popping a bunch of his beans 
uh, in my garden right now. We have some cyan syrup too. Um, oh shoot, I'll have to go back and look at my list here of what the other strains is that you gave me, but blueberry OG. I don't remember what the other ones were at the top uh, of my there head. There's like a lemon sour cookies. Um, yep. But these, Sarah those cookies. were all just the mothers. Uh, what, what actually we did is we had like an open pollination. We had, I think, like 60 males that was selectively hidden away from me on the other side of the farm. And uh, that just destroyed our whole field. So we can go into like how Thai staff are a little bit different than foreign staff back home. But uh, that's how a lot of those strains got created, um, not necessarily uh, willingly, but just uh, the forces of learning in Thailand have uh, made those seeds, I would say. So it'll be exciting to see what comes out of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I know I'm certainly excited for the Siam syrup bec uh, because the it has a lot of pink and purple pestles that you were talking about, which are often something you, I'll be honest with you, you only really see heavily in the tropics. Like I know that there's a um, green source gardens out of Oregon has a really good, a, a couple good lines of it. But um, outside of them, you know, you don't do not see it much outside of the tropics, whatever reason, the light conditions or soil conditions here really seem to uh, uh, produce a lot of those purple, pink and purple pestles. Yeah, that Siam syrup has uh, two really distinctive phenos, both really do amazing. One is that pink haired pheno, and the other one is just a, a really purple pheno. So either way, you end up getting a bunch of color in your garden. And uh, the purple is really strong, even in Thailand. I hear you say, you know, I've heard lots of people say the purple pops with the, with the cold temperatures and these things. But uh, that's definitely not the case with the Siam syrup. This, this thing shines purple regardless of temperature situation. When that pheno pops, there's no, no confusing it. So... I found that the biggest thing for purple expression is whether or not you address the molybdenum levels in the soil. If it has the genetic potential to do it and your molybdenum levels are dialed in, it's going to express that gene uh, for that extra anthocyanin and flavonoid production, whereas without it, you're not going to have it. So it's really interesting to kind of see you know, even micro differences in, in soil chemistry can affect that even outside of the temperature range. Very cool. Wow. So about your your experience growing out here i mean you've grown so many different things you've been around maybe give everybody a quick background on your experience and how you kind of got started out All here right. in the i guess you might say i was a little bit of a legacy grower uh we've always had plants going on uh you know i'm from canada and uh, from a growing family we we all grow my brothers we all grow we all grew up around plants whether it be vegetables apples whatever and uh, so that's always been a part of my life, whether it's been a couple hidden away in the back bush somewhere or big fields. I've always had my hands in the soil. I got invited out to work with the Thai Farmers Council in uh, 2019 to help them with the pilot project growing in Thailand, kind of giving the, the heads of the Thai Farmers Council an overview on how to do commercial farming of cannabis in Thailand, utilizing the light cycle specifically and uh, how you could set it up so you could have a perpetual grow all year utilizing the, the unique 12-12 light. So we had the greenhouse, which we would light depth, I guess you would say, adding the extra six hours. And then we would put them outside and let them flower naturally under the 12-12. And that was the system we set up for them. And they still use that to this day. And 
I believe that garden went down as probably one of the most legendary gardens in the country because that was like fully funded. They were, there was no drama. They did everything properly. There was a team of foreigners working there and uh, we, we killed it. So that was, that was step one. And then from there, I decided that cannabis knowledge needed to be expanded more. So I decided to come to Bury Rum, which was like you said, a, an accepting area for cannabis even before full legalization, you can kind of get away with a little bit more here than anywhere else. And uh, so I came here and opened up the shop and then that was it. And then I've done consulting and various things since then. And yeah, here we are, 2022 full legalization and uh, things are good. I did want to, uh, before we get a little farther, I did want to mention too how important government education is. If you are coming into a newer market, especially one where you want to help get them to regulate things properly in a way that makes sense and is ecologically and economically sustainable, you got to sit down and educate the government regulators. When I was out in California, we did the same thing where we set up a whole Saturday afternoon. It was like four hours. We invited the local police department, the environmental specialists, the Department of Wildlife, the mayor, the city council, uh, it was kind of an open invite to any government official that felt like they needed to educate themselves on the topic. But if you hosted something like that every two or three months, just for free for those people and sent, you know, had the right people to get the emails out, you will do more to change your, your local market coming at it from that aspect than coming at it from a conflictual way of, hey, man, you're screwing with my bit. No, come in there with an open hand, educate them on how things need to be, and you'll have far better results getting the results that you're after than than the ones that you know some of the people that are against you are after because you're the guy coming in with open hand saying look i just want to teach you how this is done i'm not asking you for anything at this time i'm just trying to educate you and it comes across much much better also welcome canna tie seeds you uh you were our guest last week and uh, uh a big uh, the two of you often uh, collaborate together so i thought it'd be fun to have him on yeah. as well because he's uh, my homie dude yeah <laughs> he, he's he's like the first white boy I connected with over here. Really, was it, man? He hit me up, and then you know, like in seventeen, he hit me up. Really, where I just first started to, to open the can of tie, he hit me up, and dude, we just yeah, up, bro. You know? I got I got to give a big shout out to Chris because uh, even to this day, I don't think there's a breeder in the country that's pumping out genetics. All those original genetics that you say that that came from me they all started from chris so um the siam soil was kind of a the siam syrup was a kind of a collaboration i gave him some seeds he worked on it this v2 that's why i call it the v2 because it's different than his original siam so uh, siam syrup as well that's so, offspring offspring yeah yeah so i want to give a big shout out to to him for everything he's doing in thailand uh, he definitely does not get enough props in this country um He's a little bit more underground. You really got to be in the scene to find him or online now. Now that now that's all legal, the guy's loving the Instagram and, and the videos. So it's good that he's getting out there because he, he puts it on for the local Thai people like nobody else. So many people here are trying to get rich quick. But this guy, he's putting on the education, him and his wife banging out fire genetics for the local people. So many people I know that don't have big money running his genetics and producing fire. So. I can't put my hats off enough to this big man. Fucking salute. Thank bro. you, bro. Appreciate it, man. I really do. 
Yeah, and, and all my big farms that you've ever seen me do, they were all running his genetics. So you want to look at <laughs> who's got the fire behind the behind the fields. It's all cam tie, bro. Awesome. Big, so big, mad respect, man. Mad respect. So tell us a little bit more about the well, you used to have a hydro store out here. What are some of the different challenges and different things, you know, positive, negative, or crazy that you dealt with out here or heard, you know, at the hydro store? Some of the, you know, a lot of people have uh, no idea of how it is out here. And I kind of tell people it's kind of like Florida on steroids when it comes to the environment and the bugs. But uh, I thought you could have a much better insight because you have so much more experience dipping with so much, uh, such a wider base of growers. Well, first of all, you got to realize that there was no cannabis companies here. So we're talking all mom and pop design companies, people that have been doing it underground for a long time and have developed products. Uh, my store opened before legalization. So, I mean, all the products were like stuff people were making at home. Uh, I didn't do any import. I wanted to support all local growers, except for some stuff that like it's still unmatched, like Clonex and other things. There's some Thai rooting gels and stuff that are available, but they don't match. Um, and it was just very different in Thailand. Uh, People come in, they, they never know what to ask for. They watch YouTube and these things. They learn the, you know, the big name brands, Guy Green, Athena, you know, Advanced, whatever. And then they come in your shop and you don't have any of that. And you've got a bunch of stuff from a bunch of people who, you know, they never heard about. And you've got to kind of mix and match the different products that they had available to a program that actually worked. And I think it actually took products from every company at that time to make a full, complete cannabis system. And to this day, I don't think there's any company in Thailand with a fully complete 100% cannabis system available. Uh, you always got to reach out and get something else from a different, a different company. And uh, you really got to mix and match. But the, the local inputs and what's available here, if you really do your homework in, in the what's available, there's lots of great organic products available, as well as salts if you're into that. But I mean, you know, let's just talk about that later. But organically, everything you need is available from like seaweed extract to back guano to molasses, all of it locally produced, sourced locally in the country and uh, of amazing quality as far as fertilizers go. And I think that's where Thailand really needs to do more knowledge is into the local products. Because um, everything they learn about, it's all on YouTube. Like how many people want to run Gaia Green just because they see Mr. Canucks run that stuff. It's, uh, it's crazy. And there's equally as good products, uh, natural farm soil, T-Rex, um, premium soil Thailand, Thai soil, for God's sakes, those guys. Um, they pump out the super organic. But yeah, I'm just rambling now, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No, that's really cool. Um, what are some of the different insect challenges uh, that you faced uh, out here? I know uh, we I've seen broad mites, spider mites, white flies. What are some of the other, other things that you've seen out here? Uh, I think red spider mites are probably the most famous evildoer in this country obviously we got all the standards uh aphids white flies but i think red spider mites in particular seem to be the biggest challenge for people here and they're they've been in all sorts of different 
agricultural industries here. So they're immune to a lot of the pesticides and stuff you want to use, and they can be really difficult uh, to get deal with. So, you know, having natural courses like the one you use, I, I believe we talked a lot about your, your LMI, your LIMO uh, coming here. I think I'm going to have to learn more about that, but really pests, I think pests and humidity will be the biggest challenges for the country because pests here are unreal. Your IPM game needs to be level two in this country. Um, Cause you're going to see, you're going to, you can flip that leaf and see a full rainbow of color. Sometimes it's absolutely amazing. And if you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's predatory, what's good, what's not. Um, you're not going to succeed because I think pests, especially outside here, are crazy. You got to know what's going on. I think you're the only grow I've seen so far in Thailand uh, I've been to that didn't have pest problems. You're the only grow. All the other ones I've gone to had spider mites, white flies, or broad mites at the one grow. Yeah, well, I'm active on it. You know, we, it takes everything everything you can think about we, we do it sulfur um microorganisms um you know we were talking all about the different microbes that we would use um the insight that you can provide this wow like your your in-depth knowledge of that invisible world you really are a wizard um but yeah that knowledge is essential out here if you want to go organic and knowing all about the different microbes and stuff you got to utilize because you basically got to utilize all of them at, you know, in some way or fashion at some point, because you use any one thing too much, they just become immune. And uh, that gets annoying. So there's different oh, you yeah. know, fungal and, and microbial sprays. I reckon they're the best, but you need to stay on them. It needs to be an active thing. And uh, like you say, I'm, I'm in the garden every day spraying for bugs every day. So, and uh, believe it or not, when I really get in there and look, there's always something stuck under a leaf somewhere you know, relentless. Yeah. So for uh, maybe it's a good point to bring up because you actually had some interesting insight that was different than anything I had heard about how to control the, the mites out here. Um, do you want to maybe give people a little one-on-one on the, the red mites out here uh, and then how, to, how you've had success controlling them? Because we've been using um, white oil, which is basically the closest thing we can get to self-oil X uh, out mm -hmm. here uh, in, in Thailand. Obviously, we can't use that late in the flower, but um, we can certainly use it up until, you know, week two of flower. Um, what have you found that works really well? Because that's what we use to knock back the ones that were, you know, creeping in a couple of plants when I first got here. Um, we use uh, a couple different sprays. We use a sulfur, which is pretty traditional, um, microbial sprays. But something that's pretty unique to Thailand is the wood vinegar. You don't really hear a lot, especially back in Canada, wood vinegar is a almost like a like a myth like what's a wood vinegar like but over here i mean you spray in that liquid campfire and uh if you're on it and, and adamant about it it's a great it's a great pesticide like a natural pesticide and uh if you're into orchids it flowers orchids so it, it has some beneficial additives to the plant as well for the soil and these things uh, i remember someone called me up just last week my my pots they're all full of ants what do i do i say okay one one small soil drench with a little bit of wood vinegar and then bam, that's all cleaned up. So, and again, a locally produced product, cheap to find, um, made here in Thailand and works great. I mean, I would insist everyone uses it in an IPM program 
if you're growing in Thailand, just because the effectiveness and the cost, it's silly not to use it. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit, it, uh, what is it, 79 baht a liter? So for those of yeah. you who don't know, that's like $2 for a liter with the bottle. Like, you're not going to find anything cheaper than that. I forget, no. not, not going not gonna to happen. And it works great, easy to use. I mean, yeah, when I found it and started using it, I was like, this is a keeper. And uh, in all the gardens I've ever had, I've used it. And, it, you know, gives you a nice musky woodsy smell too when you use it. It doesn't smell, I don't know, to me, it smells like liquid campfire. It always just reminds me of like that burning wood smell. I guess that's how they derive the product, but I don't mind it. I like it. It reminds me of bonfire night. Not only that, but, it, you know, we smoked a bunch of your bud. It doesn't leave any kind of residual taste or, or anything like that behind, especially because it has such a certain smell. You'd think almost like it's it's going to leave something, but there it was completely not, you know, no, not no. at all detectable. So. And obviously, uh, we're not spraying that type of things when it's like deep in the flower early. It's, uh, it's pretty much a mainly we, we do use it occasionally just because it has some sort of pest management needs to be utilized but late late in the flower we try not to use it and uh it definitely doesn't leave any smell i mean i think uh geez even after like a day or two you don't smell it on the plants it, it really dissipates quite quickly except on your clothes your clothes will smell like it like it's was burning wood if you leave it so yeah that's uh, but but uh, let me shout out SV Biotech while we're here because uh, they do a lot of great work in Thailand using all organic products and um, they work great as well. So let me get a bag. Their stuff kind of show off. Oh, my. Where did I put it? Yeah, here it is. So this is a bioinsecticide produced here in Thailand. About $8 a bag, all organic bioinsecticide. Um, if you're in and Thailand- What is the active ingredient? Oh, there's a different things of uh, fungi and microbes. They're a special blend of mycophula. There's a different association. Your knowledge in the microbes is more in depth than mine. So I can't really go too specific and be correct but yeah that product is definitely definitely essential and for anyone who wants to have a look here i don't know how i can do this here there's a little look at the garden i got you spotlighted phil if you want to walk through there and show us man please uh, tell us about the different cultivars you're growing we'd love to know Sure. Uh, the first thing I'll show you that's different in Thailand is the lights. If you want to keep things in veg in Thailand, you need that additional light supplement it's because everything's 12-12. So you need to have these spotlights out here if you want your plants to get nice and big to stay in veg. Um, yeah, I'm running a whole bunch of rippers right now. Most of these were... Uh, rejected moms from pheno hunts and actual moms that I had for pheno hunting that just got old. So it's just a little bit, but uh, thank God Thailand made it legal because now we can have gardens like this and not worry about it, you know? This is in my front yard. 
in a gated community. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've been there. It really is just in his front yard next to his driveway. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, tell us about yeah. your grow style there. You're growing in pots. Tell us about your soil. Yeah, we're mix. just doing uh, five gallon pots, uh, pretty much all organic. Uh, living soil top dress with um, compost teas and liquid feeds. Um, yeah, nothing too over the top. Uh, neem cake, pretty much guano, earthworm castings. I mean, earthworm castings can't be shunned upon. Those are just the best fertilizers ever. And the earthworms here are like seriously the size of garter snakes. I'm not joking. Like I saw one the other day that was over twice the length of my hand. Mind you, I'm 6'3", and I can palm a basketball. But check this out. This is one that's kind of hidden in the back, shattered out the lights, and you can see it's starting to flower here. I really it's need beautiful. to move it. But, it's, uh, but that's like some of the problems we have here, just being in the back. You can see that yep. flowering just kicks in and what can you do? It's just got to get moved to the back or else it'll end up herming and not a good time. And I like to mention that I'm not the only person with a garden in my community. There's uh, silver gardens, none, none quite as big, but there's definitely a few growers in my, uh, in my community, that's for sure, which is great in Thailand just to see supporting these things and uh i don't know who i was talking to earlier this morning but normally when i do my defoliating or i cut any clones i leave bags of leaves hanging off my driveway not that may seem silly but in thailand the leaves are a big deal for some people they use it for cooking for whatever it is they put them in teas drinks so uh, the neighborhood really loves it we get people that come by and and look for the leaves specifically so it's a kind of a nice community give back. And uh, in that respect, a lot of the neighbors, they kind of keep a special eye on the house and make sure there isn't people snooping around and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a really important point. I know when, um, when I was in Zimbabwe too, we, we had a really good relationship with the neighbors. And, and just like you're saying, if you build a good little community there, the whole community is going to have your back and look out for you much more than trying to just constantly be paranoid it's a much better situation to be in no like like i said i had the shop here so i'm pretty much known for giving advice away and helping people get their situations going and so most people come by and ask for help or ask for seeds or cuttings in the community and i'm always happy to help out because that's what it's all about it's uh, no one wants to be a, a lonely superstar it's better to be in a party of happy people so Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe on a funny note, um, let, why don't you tell them the story about us going to the cannabis market? Because that was pretty um, funny. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm talking about the cannabis market on a podcast. Potent Ponix hears about it. He gets interested. The next minute he's like, hey, where do I get a hotel? I'm coming down to see you. We're coming to the cannabis market. I'm excited because like, you know, He's like relatively famous. I've seen his podcast. It was cool. He's coming down, get everything arranged. We meet up, we smoke. 
And and that ends up being funny as fuck because um, <laughs> I'm with a lady and, and and I'm like, who smokes here? And he's obviously like, I smoke. One friend doesn't smoke, but his wife smokes. Well, she said she smoked. So uh, we're ripping bongs and, and, and my flowers don't play. And I packed a special bong just for you. And it was actually had like teeth and all sorts of nice goodies in it. Something special and strong. And she jumped in the way and hit that bong and I think that was the end of her for the rest of the night that was and then we went to the cannabis market she couldn't even get out of the car so let that be the start of the day and then we finally get to the market and uh, we're walking around and only one cannabis stall showed up in the whole market I was like this isn't it was there the market was open you can see the sign saying cannabis market you gotta be 21 blah 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 but there was no cannabis, anything. There was like one stall. And so we, we kind of walked around. I, I apologized profusely. And then oh, it was uh, fun. It was fun. Yeah. We had a great time. And it was it was funny. And we ended up having a great barbecue night and hung out for like three hours gorging ourselves on the until they kicked yeah, us out. Yeah. Uh, what was that called? Uh, the, 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 the Japanese barbecue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, that was good. Is uh, I really enjoyed it. Came back and uh, had a little flavor tasting. We kicked off and smoked a bunch of flavors, and he kind of let me into his brain a little bit, and I was blew away by the insight microbes. Like I thought this guy knew a lot from what to see online, but whew, no credit. His yeah, when you get talking, I can only imagine what your classes are like, but your knowledge it blew me away. It was a breath of fresh air, actually, from you know being the guy that everyone asks those questions to, to being able to sit there just flabbergasted, listening to you talk about microbes was was enjoyable, to say the least. So learned a lot, a lot, a lot. So, you know, hats off for coming down. Thanks for coming down again. The door is always open. Yeah, thank you. And uh, don't forget to check your email. You gotta, got something if yeah. you haven't checked your email the last 24 hours. I, I'll get on there. We'll get in there. So, uh, yeah. Oh, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, thank you for all that you've done with, with your community down there as well. And you're kind of like the, the shining example of like how the cannabis community should be. They should be, hey, if you have your fan leaves and they're no use to you and they have value in them, then help them out because it's no skin off of your back. And then it builds another relationship in the community and answering people's problems, making sure that your neighbor isn't, you know, basically a, a, a mite factory that ends up in your grow too, you know, it helps the, everybody nearby. It's not just about that and educating people about males and females and just all the different stuff that you've done out there is, is so great. And, and, you know, giving out people cuts and stuff like that, you know, thank you so much for, for doing what you do and kind of representing the plant in a way that I really feel is needs to be done more. Hey, it's uh, I think we're all just doing our part. Um, I'm trying not to be in this Thailand cannabis civil war, uh, before legalization, I must say that we were all team green. I felt like the cannabis community was much, much more united than it is now. After legalization, there's been so many people that are just, they want to be the superstar and they, and they feel that they, they're entitled to the full market. And uh, I don't think any industry works like that. And so it's a shame to see it go like that. And I try to keep the, the team green spirit alive, the unity alive, the community alive. And I believe that's uh, the driving force, especially so early 
know, the cannabis development. I, I don't want it to turn so greedy so quick. I want people to realize it's still medicine. This is why it became legal. It was to help support the local people and to give medicine to people. I mean, there's so many people here that need it on like a, for medicine that like forget the recreational aspect of it. And right now, even right now, since they've made it legal, the people who want it for medical get it the least. It's become so expensive since it became medical that they don't even have access to the to the fire flowers anymore so it's uh people who go and make 200 baht a day or 300 baht they cut and sugar cane they can't get fire beans can't get fire anything you know what i mean I they're buying no, it's you know you're 100 you, you look right. in bangkok it's like 700 to a thousand baht for a gram how can you do that if you're you know on even three to five hundred baht even at 500 baht a day which is over the the minimum wage two days wage for a gram of weed seems a bit extreme to me and uh that's why i say anyone who's got medical issues can hit me up and uh we make sure you get flour and fire to to help you out i don't let people suffer when there's when there's flowers here you know what i mean so obviously there's yeah, yeah people, sick now. people here, they get it free, man. Sick people are always free. Sick people get it. That's right. They're the ones who deserve it, you know. And, yeah. and until you see it, like, you know, when I used to give out the oil and the seeds back in the day, and I would, I would make oil for my trim, and I would hand it out at these events, and there was never enough, and people would line up, and they're in wheelchairs. They've got, like, piss bags hanging off the side of them, and when you run out, you realize that, hey, the oh, guy who didn't want to smoke a joint to get high, that wasn't important. It was all about the medicine. The guy that's sick needs it. Like, I don't know. It, so just yeah. remember, I just want, if anyone in Thailand's listening to this, remember that that's what it's all about. Community and, and helping the people who need it. It's not about being greedy. It's not about being the next burn. You know, thankfully, uh, Thailand really does have a different sense of community here. We were just talking about that last night when uh, uh, Canada Thai Seeds was on, and, and uh, and we had um, Captain 420 on about how even when people have like a drug addiction, a lot of these smaller towns, the community kind of helps them, you know, get over whatever their problem is and and, and all that stuff, or um, you know, kind of supports them. Or like, um, when when Canada Thai Seeds had a, a challenge, he was talking about last year or last week, rather. Um, they, you know, years ago, they were able to immediately come together as a community and help solve that problem within a couple of hours. And you really do see that sense of like, hey, man, we all got each other's back. We know that it's not something that you really need very often. But, you know, when the emergencies happen and it's really an emergency, like we, we, we got you. And, and you don't see that in, in other parts of the world. And I've seen similar community situations in, in the Caribbean where people, again, are a little less fortunate. They have that mindset that that is much uh, more supportive in a, in a communal way than you see in the in the richer countries, and it is a, a much more positive uh, in general the culture. How they're yeah. raised, but I think a lot of these com companies that you're talking about that have suddenly got hostile, they're not seeing the long term picture. Like, what if they got broad mites, didn't realize that now all their mother stock is fucked? Where are they going to get any genetics back? You know, if you don't trade stuff, or maybe you had an electrical fire and your whole place is fucked you got to get your genetics back or at least your bread and butter stuff to keep the lights on. But if you gave some, a couple cuts to your homie, Hey man, 
can I get a couple of clones back, please? Like I'm in a situation right now. And you can do that same kind of thing. Like we just talked about with money or, or having charge back in other ways as a cannabis community. And I can't tell you how many times friends of mine gave out a couple of cuts to some friends, had an emergency happen at their grow and were able to get that precious cut back into their mm -hmm. possession or regretted not giving out that cut on the other end of the token. Um, and then, you know, had some kind of emergency or, you know, I think we've all gone through some kind of issue where we suddenly had to get make the grow disappear for one reason or another, or we had someone that, you know, robbed, you know, smashed the grow or stole the grow or whatever. Um, having that ability to immediately get back that stuff that took you years to develop is so invaluable. And I think that if we can build a network of a group of people that are like, Hey, look, we all agree that we're not going to sell beans or, or whatever of some stuff, but Hey, we're going to keep it to sell flour in house or whatever like that, or just keep a couple, two or three backup copies of something. And Hey, I'll keep a couple of mine and we'll dedicate the same number for you so that we all have backup copies in the event of an emergency. At least we have a couple of plants floating around through the community that we could get those back. And I think that people really, that's what's going to keep your business alive long-term, especially as, I mean, even the large grows like canopies and auroras have all had issues where they had a you know, million square feet, two million square feet suddenly get completely fucked for X, Y, Z reason. So even, even the big players still have to have backup copies of shit, right? So it doesn't matter if you're a little guy or even the biggest guy on the totem pole, you, you, you they still have the same issue and it, by not being greedy with some of this stuff you can absolutely help protect yourself long term and make sure you always have access to that good stuff that you work so hard to make and at the end of the day when we all get put under the ground don't you want like that genetics to like float around the plant has its own life cycle beyond us you know what i mean even if we create something that's just step one for the plant the plant's got places to go and to do you know what i mean it's got its own little journey it wants to take yeah man like when i hear the story of chem dog the strain chem dog and people that they would give out the cut and the next day they would get raided and to me, that's an example of the community that that cut had some weird fifth dimension knowledge to like keep itself going. And, uh, you know, yep. that's the magic of cannabis. You know what I mean? Plant had, had a big vibe coming off of it. They kept it, they kept it in existence. New York they City got, Diesel, the guy found the cuts in the garbage. Yeah, I know, right? You know, somebody who, threw who some, what, one man's garbage is another man's treasure, you know. You know, it, so, that's a crazy dumpster diving and finds the the nasty, nasty in there. And it was nasty. I mean, new, if you know New York City diesel, it's you know, it's what well, it I've is. got that scene. I've got uh, the ghost of New York City from Humboldt Seed out there. So let's see if that's anything of uh, that brings us back in the day. But that's one of the strains that's out there. So let's see. Yeah, I mean, I know dude, you got the dude. I, I want to. I want to get some cuts, bro. Soon I got it. I just because I always want flavors. You got too many flavors there. It's a joke. Yeah, too many. God, it's, it's, it's wild. It's like I had a guy Robbins shit right up in there. Baskin Robbins don't even got as many flavors as me, homie. No joke. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, but I'll tell you what, in Vancouver, there used to be an ice cream shop, and, and, uh, and this is it, I, I won't go off topic, but they used to have like a 250 flavors of ice cream, and you would go in there and you could buy the thing where you got like one sample taste of each bucket, you would walk around, and they had like some of the craziest flavors I've ever seen in my life, like garlic ice cream, like soy sauce ice cream, like weird Whoa. shit. Yeah. Wow. So put that out there for cannabis we don't just need dessert and og we've got to find the all the different flavors you know what i mean right right what do you think is the most unique thai flavor you've had from a thai heirloom unique like totally different off the charts not just another mango another lemon but like Remember that one in my old spot? I grew that one tie out. And you know me, I don't like tie. They call me the, the land racist. You know how I feel. <laughs> but um, that one smelled really nice. That It had like a juicy fruit, like that bubble gum. And I know that's, that's a tie great. flavor that's out there. But to me, that's the probably one, I, one of the best tie flavors I've, I've had. The one I, the one I crossed out here that, the, the one that had that pineapple banana smell. And then here's the thing. We got a pheno that came out of up here at my buddy Min's because he has five cyan OG going. And one of them, that's the, I think the number three, we call it, uh, is smells like that with the banana where it's really almost finished, finished, but it starts to get black yeah. spots all over it. And it's really banana-y. Right. Like, right. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I said, well, I told him, I said, dude, it's Black banana or banana dump. I just tell him, you know, it's like, you know, when the banana's all getting heat, it's like men's eyes go fun. Yeah, because it is. And it's funny because the mom had a banana smell, but it also had like this citrusy, you know, it wasn't lemon, it wasn't mango. It was I like, had a question for you. Is there any bananas in his garden? No, he has no bananas at his house, but he has mangoes, but no bananas. There's mango trees right next door, like butted right up to each other, but the uh, I mean, I mean, Paul uh, Ponics, he'll probably have more knowledge of this, but yeah. terpene expression through communication through different plants, bringing yeah. out the different terpenes by adding different communicators. And I'm just wondering, is there is there yeah. anything in Thailand that's unique that we could use to produce something that's, unique? That's, I'll you test know? it. I'll put one of these high, the neck, the brown. I'm starting with Steven now beans. I get once they get the size and I sex them, I can put one by the coconut tree or a couple by the coconut right there. I mean, just right up against the coconut tree, and then I can put. Yeah, yeah. But you should put it in the, the ground with the roots tapping to each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can do it. I can do it. I can test it. I can just throw a couple in there for shits and giggles and let them just. Yeah, I got a banana grow. You know, I love experimenting and, and trying out new stuff. So uh, that's what I would do. I would plant I it next. To, I would plant that. one tree next to every fruit tree in the garden your jackfruit your papaya your coconut and let those roots tap in and if you can get the same clone and do it in every one so you can see the the different expression yeah i'm i'm on it i'll do it i'm it's, i'm getting ready to start all the beans that were sent to us from our team out there that that like cuz i made a post like two and a half years ago uh, I like put a thing out and I shared it saying, if you have anything that's special, that's 
that's tied. I don't want anything related to West Coast genetics. It can't be a hybrid. I don't want a hybrid. I want something that's pure tied that you think is really good that you've grown out that may that you still have seeds of or even offspring of something that's really good if you knew that the man was like the same seed. You know, like that kind of a post. That's what she posted. And do we got a glut? And I told my swap, like, you want to give me some really good stuff? You now I'm down to hook you up. I don't care about getting beans back, but I want really good tie, you know, that you think's good. And then we got a you know, lot of stuff, bro. We got a fucking ton of shit coming. I remember that. But you know what's really funny? As I'm listening to you talk about this, I, I, I'm on my phone and I've just got a message for someone asking, for 100% Thai. See? First time. Want- first time ever I've had a dispensary ask for 100% Thai. Do I have anything 100% Thai? Are they talking That's flour, very- flour or beans? Flour. Flour. They just messaged me now. Yeah. Well, it's getting, you know, here's the thing. I'll tell you what, man. The thai stick. It doesn't. If you can get do the Isn't it already thai- amazing how no shops are selling Thai stick? That's you can't a buy Thai flour almost anywhere. Dude, dude, come on, dude. Cigar case, cigar cube, cigar tube. This all dope with the legit. Hey, the, they had the box. Rick is easy to find. It's funny to hear Thailand. I'll tell you one thing. Not to get off any other subject, but check this out. I'll tell you what. It's funny. You can ask local Thais that, that, that grow here, like farm, a farm. I've had two farms now tell me the same thing. that Like block, basically, they, uh, that wow. Thailand, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Thailand stopped blocking stuff. Uh, from what I hear on the D on the under too, this is like the people that just run farms that that the block is not usually from Thailand. Yeah, not I've heard it. I heard most of the block is from Laos or Cambodia, which uh, honestly that makes me want to buy it more because it means that okay, cool, I know that's where those genetics are from, and I don't have access to those easily here. And hey, I can just buy the beans that way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta get the stuff. You gotta get the stuff that's not too pressed, because like usually all the beans are smashed. Oh, or yeah, and Canada, or he, he, he's the guy who so, gets the fire, fire. You get you got any of those wrapped brick sticks? Or yeah, whatever? that's you want the yeah. I call them brick stick because they pack them in a tube of uh, bamboo versus the, yeah, the, a, the bamboo cure is wicked. I still haven't done that. Hey, have the, you seen that yet? Pope yes, Sonic I've seen bamboo? it. No, has yeah. he seen it? Yeah, and it depends on how long you leave it for two. You can leave it just for a minute or you can leave it. it, it there's different styles uh, or time limits on that part. Uh, man, there's, there's styles here that you can get but that, that. But that bamboo the, pack here, that's something totally like that. I think there's a big market for that. If we, if, you know, it kicks, off, it kicks off that smell. You know, that smell. That, really, that, it like ferments it almost. It yeah. And they pack it right before it's done. It's like 85% cured, I'd say. It's not all the way, so there's still a lot of moisture packed. And then they just, you know, give it a good packing. And they use another piece of bamboo. If you know that, they have another piece of bamboo slide. Yeah, and then they pack it at the bottom. And then when they bring it out, that's when they that's when they actually tighten it and get it really tight with that string. You see the, what the people are yeah, doing. A lot it. of the time, the string makes stick it in the middle that they pull out that, that helps pull it out. And that's where that stick comes from. And sometimes you see the tube, they've got that hole in the, the middle from the stick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or the stick's in it still. Or some will have a yeah, stick yeah. still in it. 
Yeah, you're right. And they're getting good, you know, and uh, there's a lot more farms doing that with like fire. I think you've seen it recently. Even the block as a joke, some of the ties have started making the little, like, you know, back home, they would press rosin or whatever out of it. Well, here they just press the block and that's it. They leave it like the block and that's funny for them. And they go slice it up because it reminds them of the, Oh, yeah, I used, I used to do that with the with the pucks, the the the, the hash puck machine. They just put butt in there, and make a big one, and not press it. You don't have to press it that hard, and it just you know it's the fire cube, you know. Or well, you've seen even the Buddha. You've seen that one where they've taken the Buddha press and they filled yeah. it with weed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little yeah, like yeah, Have you seen that Colton Ponics? Yeah, have you no. seen that? Yeah, oh, I'll have to send you that. Somebody's photo. got a Buddha press. A little, oh, that's Buddha hat? Yeah, no, the Buddha, Buddha is... bud pressed. It's yeah. sick. Oh, no, I didn't and see I this, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that from the one in Bury Room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sick. No way. See, at least people are saying that. I'm saving this for, like, when one of you guys comes down and we'll, we'll have a fun sesh with it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, uh, there's weed from one of my students in that joint, so that's even better. Even better, even better. <laughs> yeah, so I believe the kerosene crash, and what was the other one that was in there? Uh, the Molcom tulip. Kerosene crash, truffle butter, frosted donuts, and blueberry. The fr- I'll be honest with you, the frosted who, donut. I am who grew that. Uh, Gooberry was grew by Buryram Butts, a real good friend yeah, of mine. Yeah, I figured that was Buryram Butts. Yeah, because I've seen the yeah. photos and shit on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Buryram Butts, but that's where the Gooberry comes from. He's really, like, gotten quite good. He's, yeah. uh, shout out to him. He's banging and it out. Hey, and, uh, and your photos, bro, are on, on, the, on the level. The photos, oh, yeah. the photos. Kill it. He got that nice, yeah, yeah. He he does yeah. great. Stuff, oh, man. So. I dig but uh yeah, that was that. And then there was uh I don't know who the other guy goes by, but uh we call it the Lamborghini room because he had a real nice room way back in the day, and he did the Mocum tulip and the kerosene crash. So that was the that's what was in there. But uh, yeah, that kerosene crash, that was pretty fire. Nice. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely sucked. And then I will say too, uh, of the stuff that we got from you, the uh, um, those slur king crosses are just ripping. And then the uh, the sour a uh, sour uh, Siam syrup version two is all of those are just fucking racing ahead in terms of speed of growth ahead of all the others. So, oh, that's banging here. And uh, yeah, Jordan of the Island. If you if you're looking for Jordan of the Island in the kingdom, you can hit me up exclusive retailer i don't think anybody else has them so and that and you know if you're looking for the classic god bud you know some of his new crosses romulan stuff that's the fire you know i was just running through his uh instagram so you do yeah, a lot of breeding I, as well okay oh, i'm sorry i i try to do a little bit of breeding more of a pollen chucker you might say uh but I like to. It's nice to make stuff and get creations and crosses. I'm not scared of regular seeds and kind of silly to chop the males out. So do something with them, make something new and 
that's I think that's what cannabis is all about. That's where you really get to be expression, pick the strains you like and mix it up and try to create something new, make it something better than it was before. And then you win. And sometimes it comes out and it's worse and you say crap and you, you got to throw them away or give them out and start again. So it's better uh, to do it anyways, mate. You never know. That's exactly. It's better to do I it and, and, and uh, figure out if it was a win or a loss and uh, to move on and, and then to always sit and wonder. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. hey, man, you know, you asked my wife back in California. I had stuff tested the club all the time. I had to if I wanted to flower on the show. And I got a particular cross out of the out of this Vertigo Sherry Cola cross I did. And uh, the test came back at like 14 and a half percent THC and but it tasted really good and stuff and all that I had shellered but at 14 and a half percent I went home and literally dumped like 4,000 seeds out my bedroom window I, I, I just dumped this seed the whole everything you I don't want to give that out to anybody yeah speaking of being a breeder and the passion for breeding talk about how mad your wife is she never gets any like sensimelia flowers you go to this guy's place all you get is uh you know (laughs) (laughs) she's an air range and she's always like stuff but you love you love your flowers the last couple years with the beans in them I don't know, I got sweet, but... Can you imagine how happy Canada's neighbors are, too, with all those males flying around? (laughs) I mean, they get access to really good genetics. It's like being subscribed to a club like Wes's, where you get the beans every month. Yeah, man, just keep coming. (laughs) Just keeps giving, man. Just coming here. (laughs) That's a great idea. I, I stopped. I don't do it no more. I don't do it. I don't you do one brand or two, I'm fucking happy with it. You do the whole thing, it's fucking <laughs> The what? Yeah. What? Sorry. What I, I keep my males inside now. I, I, the males stay in the, in the inside grow room. I don't take them outside anymore. So she hey, can have all there's my mail right there right now. He's, yeah. he's See, the- there you go. That's what I'm doing. No more. I'm not going to do it. I promised and I promised. So I, yeah. I read to see you have a book that thing. I'm not going to do it. I promise. I said I wouldn't do it. I ain't, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, right. Um, so what do you look for in a male when you're for your breeding programs? Uh, I guess first infamous and then we'll ask can I tie the same comes to the males like i say um uh, uh, that's why i don't consider myself a breeder just a pollen chucker because my knowledge behind picking the males is uh lacking i don't run it to find out which male is the best if i do a strain and i like it i'll do a stock rub on the males but everyone smells best flowers fastest has the best attributes easily to tell that's what i use um Normally, the whatever flask flowering and uh, has the best smell. I mean, that, that that's pretty much as much as effort as I go into in picking a male. I mean, that's all you really got when you're trying to pick the best one out of five or whatever, with no real research and seeing which one produces the best seedlings. And, you know, because that can take a long time and it's really worth putting in that work, but I don't do that. So that's why. 
They're pollen chuck seeds, not breeder seeds. <laughs> what about you, Kenna? Picking males. Uh, well, you know, I, I look for a short squat. I look for a, a, a male that looks like a female structure. Um, and then, of course, like to really pick out but if you want to see that male and really what it's going to shine at, you have to wait. Uh, so you have to like stagger your starts. You have to start your seeds to pull your male early because you have to, you want to see your male get to like, you know, uh, six or five weeks, you know, basically almost finished. If that way you can see if it's all, uh, the, the, the smell comes off stronger, you know, stock smell is a big thing to me. Um, but that you, you know, you get to see if they get triked out, chirps, you know, if, if the male is soaked in, in trichomes on the male uh, versus ones that don't at an older age have a bunch of trichomes. Well, I found that out, you know, over here. It really, I, in the States, I didn't, I just look for the structure and the smell more and I bang early, but over here, now you, uh, you have plants, uh, always growing on different schedules here. I hear that we got stuff, dude, in all different stages here. So uh, I was listening to Jodry and stuff like that. And, and that's when I, they said, you, you know, you wait on your males, wait on the male that you want and, and grow it out. And it just, you know, and collect the pollen. And then that's what you, that way you get to see what your male is going to be in the end. And that's, that's like, if, you know, that's what I kind of do here is I run my males till they're really old. So they're literally, you know, on their, you know, they're just loaded and you get to see what it is. Yeah. That's, and then the smell really comes off the male. Sometimes you can smell male, like smell the male, it's reeks. And that's what, you know, and that's, that's the a good male right there, you know, in the end yeah, of the day. Exactly. Yeah. If it reeks, you smell stock smell, it's got smell, good smell. And, and the, and the, and the, uh, the laterals are somewhat closer and together than a stretch. You know, uh, well, it depends on the blood. See, that's the thing. You got to, depends on the strain you're looking at. And then you got to pull out, if, if you know the strain intimately, like, you know, I try and, you know, I don't breathe with stuff I really don't know uh, unless it's, uh, an, you know, an F1 that's out of my, not from home. See, that's what I'm saying. If it's something I'm, I'm creating over here, that's different. But the stuff from like back home, I have a way better, you know, knowledge of what I'm looking for. And and so that's that's how I pull my males. That's what I look for, you know, structure, smell, and of course, early, you know, early uh, pollen sacks and setting up early is going to obviously tell you that that's the blood for a faster uh, finishing. Thank you, uh, That's going to be a faster finishing phenol to input to your, in your cross that you're making. So. I think we're going to see a lot of cool crosses come up here now. Soon I want to, yeah, I want to collaborate with the stuff you have, you know, I would love to, yeah. you know, cause I'm going to have yeah. some stuff coming here. That's, uh, this going to be cool. And you've got all sorts of flavors. Dude. I mean, you, 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 you saw, oh, you went there. He's got, a, he's got a nice, you know, oh, good, right? Oh, fire. Yeah, really. I mean, I know it. 
Yeah, you were there. It was uh, took me a minute to collect all those seeds out there. It wasn't yeah, one and I sat there in stock smell, and I see the leaf structures, and I see I see special things. You know, I so I think I see. I mean, I mean, I got my head buried in a plant for twenty years, man. I mean, that's all every day. You know, really, and be a little break by Christmas and all that. But like the middle of January back in California, middle of January, you're either back on it or you're, or you're behind for fall. You know, that's how I see it. <coughs> it's fun here, though. This is a whole different story, man. You got like a literally a free budding schedule outside. It's so weird. It's and kind it's of like cold. <laughs> it's not people cool. are like are you light depping and i'm like we don't need to light depth it's always 12 12 all we do is yeah. make the day longer for veg there's it's, no it's reason to ever light like depth. Reverse it's cadillac dude it's like uh, it's like cruise control and once you get you know it, once you get over the the bugs and the and the and the heat tolerance of certain strains and figure out how, how to get them under the shade cloth and stuff like that you can get stuff clicking in the right soil you know, and trying to keep the, you know, the best thing you can do here, I'll tell you, is in ground, like whether you want to, or either that or cover your pots with like burlap so that, so they don't have the fluctuation in the heat. Cause man, roots don't like to get up, go up and down. I mean, that's one of the things that people don't realize that when you're growing in pots above soil in this kind in the kingdom, dude, come on, think of the temperature that's on the outside of your root pot, you know? And the water's not that cold when you're feeding it either. I mean, it's not the coldest water here. No, so that's for sure. Time of day, so too, with the that, water. That's and the pots, and when you have the, 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 uh, the shade cloth, that the black netting, that really helps a lot, I think. I mean, I see it broadly, you know, indica dominant stuff. They got to have it anyways, but it helps. This, this place is nuts with the... the, the Extreme lumen power is way different than Cali and Canada. I know Canada, you're the same as we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the same, they're the same. Way. Like during the hot season here, when it's mm -hmm. the hot season here and you're outside, you ain't, dude, you, you ain't getting away white, with it. I'm a white, white, white boy, and it just dude, murders my like you ride on the bike. I got a long sleeve because if not, I can really yeah. feel the burn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The days when it's like so hot that you can't use a fan. It's like because it's just like someone blowing the air dry the, the hair dryer at you. Those no. are the days you're you're just like, whoa, this country is hot. Yeah, but or now riding on the bike is like a blow yeah. dryer on the motorcycle. Like sometimes yeah. it almost chokes you, chokes you like oh. so dry. It's yeah, but it's a uh, it's a different factor. Like even right now, um, I'm working with a farm in in Saint Claude. There it's raining there now, all the time. We're still right now. Yeah, right now, raining. Wow, wow. rained here so, last. Rained here last two nights, really? actually. Yeah, wow. it's still. We had a little. We had a little spot of rain come too, but it was just like one of those little isolated little spotty things that was gone instantly. I was like, I'm in Graham, bro. It, it like looks like it's gonna rain. But it don't rain. We're done for rain, bro, for like three that, or four months. Yeah, that's what I see here. That's what same we're talking. Me and life, right? It's a, it's gone because it, it, the temperature's dropping. So it's actually the banging season. I was riding this morning, and I was like, my the plants next are happy, bro. They can just that nice chill. 
in the night, that like that nice swing in the night, that nice cool night, and then that like oh, this that is the scene. That comes through. It's just yeah, it's uh, epic. Yeah, this is the next two months, three months, four months is flower time. Like basically, you can you know this is where you want your stuff. Uh, you know, you still got a veg time, and then basically you're gonna want to toss them. You're gonna you don't have to worry about that. You know that that internal rot so much uh, on the you know on the rock hard stuff that is dense nuts coming into this season because at least where I are, it's gonna turn brown here soon. All this green luscious rice fields that are just all sagging with rice now all the rice is just swelled and it's all they're gonna, they're already cutting i already see people laying it out you know raking it out letting it dry in the sun they're already starting to do it so uh you don't have to worry about the nug rot it's only a few months you can get away with like outdoor uh chronic or greenhouse well, whatever. That- that's like me and Potent Ponics were getting on with. We were talking specifically about these things and different uh, microbes and things that we can use during our off seasons to probably get away with a little bit more tighter buds in these things. He he has some solutions and, and things. I think he's going to bring a big, a lot to the Thai growing community here with his knowledge. I think uh, some of the stuff for botrytis and bugs is really going to help exactly. a lot of people in the country. Potent, you do you know you know Dutch Bloom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good friends. In fact, uh, yeah, well, you that, have that, that originated from there allegedly. You have you have his genetics here? Maybe. Well, I, right on. Well, no, I'm just saying because here's the thing. I, I'm trying to swipe up his because his whole entire thing is he lives in swampland, bro. He lives in Washington. Yep. It just pisses there as much as anywhere else. You know that. So yeah. Um, he his strains are what they're they're mold. He, he uh, focuses on mold and uh, water, like so. His, his and you can check out a videos of his farm on this channel. Actually, uh, he presented at the Aquaponics Cannabis Conference, and he's just given a bunch of tours of his, his shit on here as well. Uh, but um, his whole farm is basically a big aquaponics farm. His, his water table is like three feet below the soil or four feet below the soil. Wow. So um, he's basically wow. in like a so he dug a channel and some ponds and then has a big trout pond that has yellow perch and trout and stuff. And then there's a duck pond and stuff And then uh, at the other end. And then there's a pump that pumps the water from one end to the other with a stream that flows through that he can divert for irrigation for his swales and his living soil beds and for his greenhouse. So it's kind of like a hybrid aquaponics living soil permaculture that, design yeah. across the whole. Like, so, so savage. Yeah. That is so sick. Give me everything. <laughs> just put it all in one. One at all. So, but his stuff is super humid tolerant and all that stuff. So he was yeah, see, him, I was looking at that's what we need here. That's what we need, I think, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Same as uh, who's the other guy that wants to get his stuff here? I was speaking to another guy from Hawaii. He was saying it might be really good some of his stuff and uh, Reeferman from Canada, Mister Scott. Yeah. I think yeah, Jamaica. No, that guy, yeah, he's from Jamaica, man. He, that would be right up our alley because there are what eighteen or nineteen or vice versa. I mean, dude, well, they're the same, that. same. I think like that, and they they're on an island with the big humidity issues and yep. same like lateral whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, that's another guy. I've been, uh, I'm just waiting because he hasn't dropped him yet. We got to wait till the new year after the new year to do stuff so it drops. So, 
hats oh, yeah. off to all the great Canadian breeders, by the way. So oh, yeah. He's a, I mean, he's cool. I like that. I dig his stuff, man. I mean, he's legit. When he talks and what I see, the structure of the plant and everything I see, it's 100% legit. I mean, to what I said. So, I mean, because the, the strains that he's running, I, I remember that I've ran those strains in the past. So I've had them, and I've also seen my buddies run those strains, and they're a spitting image of what he's got in Jamaica. So that guy's that guy's cool. Oh, yeah. I dig it. I, I dig uh, his stuff. He's in the great hazes. Uh, I'll definitely send you guys some 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 lists of stuff later on. Once you feel hunt some stuff up, we'll, we'll have yeah, a that's fine. You know, and but yeah, we have uh, we have pop crosses. We have. Hold on, I can pull up. I, I, I can't rattle off everything, but I'll, I'll tease some stuff here. Give me two seconds to pull my list back up. But we have some, a but I have Puck F3. We have just a bunch of stuff that I'm just drooling over. Um, hold on a second here. I gotta find the, the right sheet. Inputs, no, damn it. Here it is. All right. So we got, you know, John Lemon, Ari Genetics, Star Hollow, Starburst, The Machine, Double Dose, Lady Marmalade, Scarlet Begonias. And then we have a bunch of Gary Patton crosses, a oh, bunch nice. of Lime crosses, um, a bunch of Pop crosses. Uh, red Lebanese crossed with Puck F2. Super fucking wow. stoked. <coughs> Sky Cuddler Kush, Root Beer Freeze, um, a bunch of killer stuff. Some ATF crosses, some dog, uh, dog walker crosses. Um, I got that black garlic from you, uh, Bruce yeah. Banner candy, King Candy, God Hurricane. Uh, and then we have uh, from Infamous, we have Banana Haze X, Sour OG, Lemon Sour Cookies, and the Blueberry OG, uh, and the Siam Syrup V2. Super stoked on that. And then uh, Gas Mac V2 from Brandon Rust, and a bunch of other great shit. Man. We'll have a bunch of cool stuff from Canatai Seed and uh, some other sources that I'm going to leave anonymous for the moment. Canada, we have got a fire in there. Make sure you get the bombshell. If you can get the bombshell. Oh yeah, I can. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up, bro. I'll send those to you when when you get the when when you get the packs. I'll throw a bombshell in there. That, so we'll, that's we'll have you know. And if anyone's out here in Thailand and wants me to run anything, we'll have an HPLC and all that stuff. So if somebody wants us to run something, we can and we end up wanting to use it for production or whatever or anything else. But we can run it and, and, you know, give you the numbers on it and all that stuff. So that'll be pretty great here long term. We're hoping to kind of work with the community that way and then hopefully have access to the additional genetics because of that. We have seven on the first floor. We can have, we have seven flex rooms on the next floor and then we'll have seven drying rooms upstairs. Um, so we'll be able to do uh, any crosses for stuff. You know, if anyone's looking to do any licensed crosses or anything too, we're open to that as well. Things are looking good. Yeah, Thailand is exciting right now. It's like, a, oh, yeah. do, you, do you remember, bro, when we were talking right after that, like the big Panbury rum, the first one, we were like, bro, when it, when, 
because they had this big festival in 2019 where they gave everyone these grow licenses for 90 days. Like, what a tease. And they were like, oh, we're, we're going to legalize it like next month. And that was like the talk for years. Hey, and we were just like the next, you know, the parliament's coming out. The parliament's coming out. We were always waiting. And then finally, finally here after so many years. It was. It was yeah, I think about that. You didn't think it was gonna happen, man. Be like, I can't happen. believe we thought it was gonna happen so early, like right yeah. after. I can't believe they gave those licenses out and then ghosted on everything for years. Like, what a, what a twist on everything. They really, like, like uh, the licenses. I mean, they didn't care. They still would jack people up with the licenses. Not remember. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. I mean, you had it, but it didn't really mean anything. If you, if they, even if you had the six, they could still like you're messing with people. It's crazy. Yeah. You remember yeah, they were messing with people for not growing it? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. This is amazing. It amazed me. June 9th, that was it. I mean, that I couldn't believe it. It's like you can't believe it. You see it, and when that happened, I was like, wow, whoa. Yeah. And- and then the next day we had that festival here in Bury Ram. And remember, I had all those clones. And I'll never forget it. It's like the day after legalization. Nothing's really like yeah, happened. Right. It's just yes. what you see yep. on the news. And there's a big yep. cannabis festival. And I've got a booth at this festival selling clones. First yep. time ever. You live feed it. Yeah. But I live feed and you're all, dude, check it, dude. It was just like literally... It looked like the yeah. vegetable market, but it was just everything was cannabis. The whole thing was weed. It was unbelievable. I couldn't care. I was, and there was cops everywhere. And I'll never forget walking into the stadium with a big box of clones and the cops being like, stop. What strains are those? And I'm just like, oh, scared to death because <laughs> it's like the first time. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, that. Yeah, that was a twist. And, and and on that day, remember, I couldn't even carry them in the plants into the show fast enough. People wanted to buy plants. That was crazy. I would walk from like the parking lot to the show. And by the time I got to my booth, have like two or three plants, left, sell them all walking to the booth. That was insane. Yeah, I'm out here. So I didn't see, see too much little things that the market started right away. But that right there was like, wow. I couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, it's like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They gave out a million plants or whatever. Remember that? Yeah. No, that was the big thing. That was the big buzz at the opening day. They were giving out a million, yeah, a million plants. The Thai government. That's a way to kick the door in right there. And and they let everybody out of prison that had any wrap-up with the weeds uh, charged out. Mm-hmm. That's legit. Yeah. I have a power bill. Okay, sweet. $6,145. Mm-hmm. Power bill's a grip. Yeah, it's going up too. They they go up. Yeah, they go up. They get more expensive. So we had uh, that just means more uh, tire loom starting natural light. That's all it means. 
no big deal. So how do you guys see the um, the time market kind of going forward? What do you kind of think are the next steps in the market or what do you think is going to happen next? Hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think, think uh, the market's going to get crazy and we just got to wait till these new regulations come in, whether it be December or March um, and uh, whatever they go to swing at us. I mean, we're still totally not in the clear. We were supposed to have a big festival here in Buriram at the end of November, like a big three-day festival. And uh, they were told to shut it down. It's not happening. Uh, the, you know, while it is legal here, I don't think it's really like technically like 100%. There's still a big debate with the opposition government for for trying to recriminalize it. There's... um. And there's a big election coming up and we still haven't even gotten the rules of the industry yet. So while there's been a whole lot of stuff pop up, none of this stuff may necessarily be here when the regulations drop. We, we, we're not sure what's going to happen. You know, I mean, everything is going to change for sure. And, and how, I, I don't know, you know. I think what Thailand needs to do is focus on cannabis tourism and making and producing flour that, that, that for tourism. I mean, this place could be way more than it is if they made it, if they promoted it more like that. I mean, because yeah, really... If you know as well as I do, that's what they're, they're trying not to do, which is the, the whole weird twist on this whole thing. They don't, right. yeah, Amsterdam, they don't want to be Amsterdam. They don't want to bring in cannabis tourism. They want it for medical only. They, they, they haven't even agreed to have it on a recreational thing. While it is basically a recreational market here, it's supposed to be a medical only market right now, technically. Yeah, I think Thailand needs to switch up with, with like, they need to realize that this, I mean, this place used to be the cannabis kingdom. This place used to rock more stuff than anything. It forgot that. And there's a big genetic break in the, in the, in the cultivars for sure is itemized, whatever. Uh, I don't know. They need to, they need, I think they need to be more of an export because they could export and be an export of great material uh, product because they have enough, there's enough ties here that no good Thai cannabis that they can produce on a big level to export. And now that they're going to export it to, they're going to export it to California, to Canada. I'm sure there's a lot of countries that want to smoke. The, uh, you know, stuff that's the, the Thai, Thai dominant smoke. It's great smoke. I mean, the high, the, the stuff that I have created off of the pink lemonade cross with the, with the, that, you know, the OG cross in the, into the, 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 the high or the land races, the, the, the offspring is good. I mean, really good. It just totally tweaks shit and stuff out. I mean, you get these F, you know, the F1 phenos, but you get, I'm not going to say unicorns because I never dug through my own stuff enough to even do it because I'm too busy making seeds to put them out. But uh, I know what I've tasted off buddies and, and, and team green that, that kicks back nugs for us to taste and stuff. I you know like the bomb show was one that was epic. I mean, that's THC bomb times, times freak show. And which 
are not even my Canada's high seas. Those aren't my cultivars. So that's bomb seeds and 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 shapeshifter together, you know. And anybody asks me about it, I always say, you know, I never. But I like to take stuff and do stuff. When I see like TC bomb is a really high resin plant. If you, I know in the states, I knew a THC bomb, but but mm-hmm. like I said, uh, freak show is definitely a high ter- profile plant, and it's not a mid production. It's higher than mid, man. And when it's outdoor, it's good. It gets dense. It's resiny as hell. So, well, sometimes you get a good good mixture, you know, because you think it's gonna be, and then sometimes it's better than you think. Which I love that. The other question I had, and I think you guys are, are great people to ask, is um, what is the, um, the different terpene profiles you guys have noticed with the native Thai stuff? Because all except for one farm I've been at so far is just. What's going on? That, that's what I was asking him before. It's just uh, lemon, mango. Yep, juicy. Sometimes you get a little bit of sweet in there, but uh, nothing really dank. No real like obviously heaviness. Like everything's really light and structure wise, man. Everything is so open and airy. And I mean, they call one of the Thai heirlooms squirrel tail because the fox tail doesn't do it justice. A squirrel tail is way fluffier, and that's exactly what these buds are. They're like little fingers off the butt it's it, it's a trimmer's nightmare like I mean, yeah. it's but most of them a lot like there is a ton of the ton of it and and the mango smell i think is the most uh, you think most is the most common most common yeah, mo- lemon That's mango a 50 yeah. 50 of those two yeah and, i agree uh, but but here you know i have smelled stuff that's not the any of the fruit stuff see i have just recently, I got this kid over here um, that had one that was full mango, and it was really nice, sweet mango. You know, and uh, they smoked these guys are funny. They said they smoked it and said it tasted really good and got them ripped. So uh, the other plant was not. See, it was wasn't with anything really fruity. It had a funk to it, and the bud structure was just like the mango. They weren't too. They were pretty. They were only. They were what do you? They were they were snow, snowballing, okay. But they already riddled with seeds because they had a male that, 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 that I cut. It was gone, but it was like the stalk was just like neck height, and it was like this big around. So that male must have been. I mean, it was so tall, and, and it was it was nuts. So and these plants were like fourteen feet. They were giant Thai plants. And uh, anyways, the other one it definitely had. Was like one of the first times I it had a funk to it. I even videotaped it. I videotaped that because I was like, "Wait a minute, this doesn't smell like banana or mango or juicy fruity. It doesn't smell. Like, it has a tinge of that, but it had something else. So, and that's like rare. That's why I got those beans labeled. Is uh, is like I just put like Thai funk, and then my nephew's homeboys pad thing on. <laughs> that's how it looks. What do you, you think? That the, the lemonine smell or whatever would be in some defense for bugs. But you look at these Thai heirlooms, 
The bugs really? love that thing. It's like a bug. Oh, they're so prone to bugs. It's ridiculous. They now know the how to find it. Have- <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Oh, 100%. Everyone I see, they're all riddled with red mites. Every single one. Like in the villages, when I go look at it, somebody's got a plant, I go see it, and it's 100%. So the, the lemonine, the lemonine dominant plants, the reason why you're seeing a, um, a higher percentage of that is because lemonine dominant is fungal resistant. So it's because those ones aren't getting eaten by the fungal infections nearby. They're not getting the PM. They're not getting the. No, true the tr- that, true that. You know, definitely you don't see that on those plants. PM really on Thai plants, not a huge issue. And actually mold Unlike if you like harvest in the correct time on Thai plants isn't really an issue because it's so foxtaily, but they just let them ride here so long. I've seen people who've let entire plants just rot on the stock because they, they just really don't care. You know what I mean? It's like we walked, remember we walked by that Vietnamese restaurant and they had these giant Thai plants outside and half of them were rotten. You know what I mean? So it's uh yeah, Thailand certainly changed. Just walking by restaurants, these cannabis as decorations. Now, I, I, it is nice to finally see it put into that light. And, yeah, they're out and in front of the houses everywhere. It's out in the front yard. It doesn't matter if they're inner city or out in the country. You see them everywhere. I do. It's great. I mean, I pull up a lot of times. And I'll, I'll, if I see people outside, I'll ask about it because I can't help myself. I want to see if they got any beans on it. <laughs> But it's crazy. Everywhere you go now, there's there's cannabis something somewhere. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Look at that <laughs> restaurant. That was near the cannabis market we went to, and uh, that was in front of the the Vietnamese restaurant right there. That was the only weed plants I think we saw there at the cannabis market. <laughs> in front of the restaurant, yeah. look that in front of the restaurant. But yeah, I mean those are. If they were mite free, I mean, they'd have at least a uh, you know a decent amount of smoke there, but they have botrytis too. So there's that. Yeah, the but again, I think a lot of people just don't like you're saying. A lot of people don't know that you have to apply probiotics the same way that you would pesticides, right? But if you're regularly rotating lactobacillus and liquid IMO and what which we cover on our channel or Chris Trump, you can check him out on his stuff. Um, and then also doing Bactillus pamilis, which you can buy in powdered form here quite easily. Bactillus subtilis in a powdered form here, uh, you can purchase here in Thailand quite easily. If you rotate those four, you're not going to have too many problems with mold. Like you'd have to have a pretty major problem um, in order for, you know, really screw up your root system in order to actually have mold problems at that point. Well, we're going to put these to the test this rainy season. So we'll find out, you know. Exactly oh, yeah. how you. <laughs> in the so, rice field, so it doesn't get much more challenging than that. I mean, I'm surrounded by water. So, uh, take, a, be, be here. take a look at some of my old uh, photos when I did the grow last season in the rice field. Man, that was crazy. And uh, in the end, the, the ground got so soggy and we had a big storm. The greenhouse fell on the crop. And uh, yeah, that was an absolute nightmare. No. But they still showcased all the plants on Thai PBS, so if that counts for anything. <laughs> Did you uh, have you found any particular gems in any of the Thai stock? In terms of like, man, this is really unique, or really special, or really different, or really just. I mean, 
I there was one plant that was kind of stuck out a while ago and I went and grabbed a bunch of beans from it. I ended up giving most of them to the captain and uh to Chris from Canatai to work with. And uh a lot of things have come from that and CyMOG yeah. I believe came from that. A lot of stuff came from that. And then uh I worked on that uh the Patlana farm, which was that Thai farmers council, and we did a lot of crossing up there as well with a lot of like land races there was a lot of real great land races we've seen uh we had a big variety we had two fields one foreign one thai and you can only imagine which one did better um but we we picked out some of the better thai land races and we crossed them and made some pretty interesting stuff and that was the the origin of the stuff that made the siam syrup and a lot of other different stuff so there it's been those uh field of dream seeds that they've been nicknamed the fod seeds have uh definitely had a major influence in thailand overall with uh, some genetic drift so i like to think that there's deep inside they'll never get the work that i've done in this country out of the genetics so do you still have any of the originals yeah, I do. I've got like yeah. one or two vials that are just there that I'll probably pop in 20 years or something. You know what I mean? Just so, the FOD beans. I've got like still beans from that original breeder pack. Remember you said, because when I first came here, me and him were talking, I had beans from Canada and that was it. And I was ordering beans from Thai guys here online and they were always boof and they were expensive and like, 80% of the time they wouldn't pop. Remember that? When yeah. that stuff was going on, that was horrible. And uh, so I got a whole heat. Chris hooked me up. He's like, bro, like start your like cannabis breeding career with this. He sent me fuck like 15 different strains and not like one or two, like packs of all of them, like 20, 30 of each. And man, I went years and years with those beans doing tons of runs making crosses learning disaster those are yeah some of the foundation strains for when i first came here that was but yeah i don't know where i'm going again stoned yeah that was that, that was the cherry wine and the holy shit and the... yeah the holy shit the the cherry cola the lp mm-hmm, yeah the pink panther with the lp pheno yeah 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 Yep, yep. I still, I just, California I just, cake was yes. in there. Remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I still got one of the, I still got a bag that says those like 420. Remember those 420 bags you had? That was like four years yeah. ago. Damn, dude. I can't believe how time, that was like three years, three and a half. Yeah, man, time flies. It's uh crazy. Yeah. Well, I still got, I still have a little bit of stock. I still, well, I got, yeah, I got, I still got a good amount of those because I, I want to F2 that stuff. I actually do have the cherry wine F2 because my buddy uh, across the rice field over here, uh, he had, uh, he did it over there. Like I kind of went over and said, okay, you keep, pull these males, keep this one here. Okay. And then I remember that. One. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. That's, I do have cherry wine F2, but I haven't tested it. See? So, uh, I can send that to you, Pope I can send the, I can send you a oh, yeah. bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, it, way back in the day, 
Yes, I was doing a grow of all of Canada Thai stuff in my backyard. Remember that? <laughs> this yep. when it was fully super not, not committed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, not okay. Uh, not okay. <laughs> and I man, say, I spent isn't there about a, all my uh, fingernails during that season. I like spent every night by the window just oh man, it was scary sometimes. And also ripoffs. You're in the city. You gotta watch out for ripoffs. So, sorry, Bowden. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. I was gonna say, infamous. You're speaking out here in Petchaboon uh, in, the, in the near future, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Out? I think I've got a. I've got a few talks going on. One in, I think it was in the north. I sent you that flyer. I'm not exactly sure where that is. And yeah, That's I'm getting more Mai. out there in the. Yeah, Chiang Mai. I'm doing one in Chiang Mai and few speaks. So let's see what's in keeping tune where I'm going to be. I'll be in a few different places coming up. So, yeah. Yeah, I was Even just going maybe, maybe you can bum down for the one in Petroboon and we can have a good weekend or something. It's kind of a camp oh, out. Sure. I'm up for that. I'm always up for that. Even just today, it's like talking to a friend of mine. I'm having the garden and these things here for so long that, like, I forgot that what else is going on in Thailand. I've kind of been like hermited down to my little situations. It's hard to go anywhere. You know what I mean? You can't have people look after your stuff and uh, you want to take care of it. You got mother's stock and things like that. That's important. It's hard to get out and travel, but yeah, it needs to be done. Well, uh, you guys are always welcome here. We have quite the, quite the facility here. If you guys haven't seen the YouTube channel and then also check out if you guys haven't already, I'll quickly plug. We did a whole video series on IPMO, which is a native pest control management um, methodology, but similar to IMO and CANF, except we add crickets to it and kind of collect the local fungi that feed on the local insects. Um, so I think it's something that we're going to be able to chance to test run. I'm going to get a bunch of mason jars, other small containers. We're going to kind of try to catch a bunch of different bugs, spray them with it, and show you kind of a, a day one, day two, day three, day four update of how this kills them um so oh, that's uh, cool. yeah yeah video content on this stuff and some of it will be on youtube some will you know we'll have longer format versions in, in the classes if you're a class student um but we will have a bunch of stuff available for free as well so yeah bro and like i heard you're going to be doing everything in thai as well which i think is critical um it's yeah. all great for like foreign farmers and all these things but most people coming from abroad have some concept of what needs to be done uh, the people that really need to have the knowledge here is uh, the thai growers because it's been so illegal for so long that like a lot of the old school growing and all that's been lost like there's there's very few thai og growers around there's like two kd and like another guy yeah see, that's where i've been trying to find this is the og growers the the ones that were, would be like my dad's age because of the fact that that's the guys i think if you're going to find a del any of the link that's missing beans there's going to be somebody in their 80s now i mean or late 70s around there i mean have to be i mean unless you were young in the game but maybe late 60s but you see what i'm saying that's that, that's how it works you know for people to like that insert that i, that I got from my mom sent me they used to they used yeah. to come in come in on the on the packs when they hit san francisco and you cut the big thing open you get the bricks out 
or, or the, better yet, the tie sticks or hash bricks. The hash bricks were the red stamps and the red, you know, how, uh, and the other one was were white by. And they were had a stamp of an eagle and said past inspection. And that is like legit, I don't know how many tons came in with those papers and slips. But whoever was over here doing it and putting them in was not a small farm or whatever because that stuff was all over the hate Ashbury in this, you know, late, late 60s or whatever is when it really oh. got hot. Let me ask you this. Did you know Wayne Justman and Dennis Perone and that, that whole crew? Yeah, Perone, Dennis, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, so the last two years of Dennis's life before he passed, I actually gave him kilos and kilos and kilos of our, our THC and CBD powders for, for not only himself, but for, you know, the efforts that he does to help people in, in San Francisco. And Wayne Justman's right. been on the five or six times. Um, they're all good homies of mine. Shout out to Wayne if you're listening. Yeah, right. Oh, cool, Wait, I'm never not gonna lie. I can't remember a single time where I hung out with Wayne and didn't just laugh my ass off. <laughs> you know what I mean? But without them, without, and I think what's almost a shame is they're the ones that got the ball started. Without Dennis, there none of this. We wouldn't have a show right now. Period. No, and it, without no, I, him being within the military and kind of being like, "Well, I'm gonna fuck the man any way I can." And then having his partner pass so, and, and realizing how much cannabis helped him and then kind of spawning the whole legalization movement to help people that are suffering. People need to remember yeah, that. Without all these different things, kind of the star, stars basically aligning, you wouldn't have the cannabis community that we have today. And I think that so many people now that are focused on kind of the new cannabis market, the, the corporate market and um, just trying to make a dollar, a new legalization, completely forgot how the hell we got here. So I really yeah. cherish people that spend the time to kind of do the history on that. Um, uh, Sungrown Mids, there's another channel. It's like the history of cannabis. He's been covering a lot of great stuff lately. Um, but, you know, please pay attention to the people that are taking the time to document this stuff because, you know, people need to know how we got here too, you know, and people are going to give a shit, you know, the people are going to care a lot more about these types of topics 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now than they do right now because it's so recent. Um, but I think if we don't document it now while a lot of these people are still alive, I mean, Eddie Lepp just, just died yeah. recently, a yeah. bunch of others that really helped get the ball rolling. So, um, you know, yeah. it's important. Pioneers, pioneers. The pioneers. Yeah, Greg from Canada, rest in peace. Greg, from, Greg and Michelle part of the big three from Canada that, you know, we're losing okay. a lot of that whole, the whole generation of medical cannabis activists are passing away. And I'm never, ever hearing like burner talk about like medicine or, you know what I mean? You don't go into the jungle boys and hear about medicine. People are forgetting what cannabis was originally for. And like you said, what brought us here and why it was important People are forgetting what it was for, and it was for the sick people and mostly for the people who need it now who can't get access to it, which I find is the big 360. We've legalized it, and it's become more unaccessible than ever for the people who well, need and I it. Think that, and I think that that brings up a great point. So in California, uh, the very people we were just talking about, Wayne Justman and some of the people that kind of carried the torch after Dennis passed away, actually helped sponsor a bill about the ability for cannabis licenses to apply for donations so they could donate to people that just can't afford it, right? Hey, I, I want to grow 100 pounds of weed and I'm going to grow uh, 10 or 15 pounds and I'm going to give the people that can't afford it. 
It allowed for a license application and a donation system that was legally registered within the trace and uh, track and trace system that allowed for that you know low cost or even free donations of cannabis product within the regulatory market. So, the, you know, they still get their piece and their taxes and we don't like taxes and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, if you don't allow them to get something, they're not gonna let you do what you want. So you kind of have to play within the regulatory guidelines uh, if you're gonna really get what you want, but you have to carve out a section for people that are dying of cancer, dying of HIV, dying of chronic illness to get their free medicine. Because if you don't do that, like, like I'm a big fan of making rosin. We take all of our pucks, we cook them down in, in coconut oil or in, in sunflower oil, and then make a huge batch of oil and give it away to people that need it. He needs to connect with homie, uh, uh, Dave, man. You know, Dave? I no, don't, I don't no, think he was telling me about him, but yeah, we I, just say, I yeah. just say, man, I, I think Dave and you, I mean, you love sticky Dave. I think I personally think the, 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 the dopest uh, sticky maker in the, in the kingdom is Dave. No, this guy's on a new level. He's on the level. Yeah, but from, but well, I tell you what, listening to Dave and potent kickoff would be a conversation I'd want to listen to. Yeah. Bro. I want to be there. Definitely. Most you guys definitely can, dude. Give me oh, the yeah. info. We'll, we'll you guys will definitely get that you. over. We'll connect you. I'll yeah. connect you dude. because of the fact that yeah, just what perhaps said. a hash making session that uh, that would be a yes. We can do it on camera. Well, I don't know if we technically can do it on camera because I don't really know if hash making is legal in Thailand. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely no. Yeah. Allegedly. Okay. 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 This is what we can do. It's all CBD. We're good. Hey, I don't it. even know if that matters. But 100, no, that, he, that's it. Makes a little bit. Here's the thing, though. It is okay. You can make, uh, you can make that 90% THC stuff here if you're like an LLC or LTD and you're a government fund or something like that. Is you can. Yeah, right? you got to have the license though. But the unlicensed yeah. production of extracts is that's the only thing now that's a big issue, right. and you can't produce anything unless it's like. 0.02 percent like so if you have a soda company you can use the roots and the leaves and that's where you see all this like cannabis infused stuff like the emroy hassock which is infused or the dozens yeah, of other stuff you see it they're, they're not using anything of any like real value we'll say it's all you know yeah, i don't think they want you to make it sticky man they don't want you pr pressing dank and making knockout well, there was a time in this country when you weren't allowed to grow flowers. Remember that? You were allowed to grow leaf, the sticks. People wanted, that's when everyone was leaf hungry. Oh, you're allowed to grow weed, but you can't grow flowers. You can only grow leaves. So roots, everyone, the roots, people are all over the roots. They're like buying yeah. bundles of roots for like 10,000 baht. Remember? Or, I mean, yeah. remember? It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. 15,000 to 40,000 about a kilo. For a big, nice white roots, then you know they're beautiful. But still, though, the price of roots, I was like, "What? Wow!" Yeah, it was crazy. It was like a frenzy for a minute. It was like nuts. It was Even just the like, leaves were like gripped yeah, for a minute. What were they accused? I'll just grow DWC weed and to sell the roots and forget growing flower ever again. <laughs> Literally, there was like you bought a kilo. Fuck it. But there was a time you weren't allowed to grow flower, which was funny. All these big places, they were just growing leaf and they would be like 
they would have like a live on Facebook where it would be like harvest time and they would walk around snipping the leaves off and like putting them in baskets with like saran wrap between each leaf and like collecting the leaves and it, it was a joke. And like, like, the trip, the, like, a, like a, it's like watching Kratom uh, harvest it or something. You're like, what? Yeah. Just yeah, to translate so, that to uh, to English for those of you in America, because that's most of our audience, that's about four hundred and forty dollars per pound for roots, just for the yeah. roots. Yep. Yeah, and leaves used to be like a thousand dollars US a kilo for for leaf, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was like forty five thousand baht a kilo for stock, and then uh, even to this day, I think the leaves are three thousand baht a kilo. Yeah, but yep. the roots were the roots were sometimes we get more than all. Like the roots were yeah, like the roots used to be like 45k a kilo as well. Yeah, it was crazy. I know ours are retailing for four thousand baht a kilo right now, or at least the last yeah. batch. Yeah, I mean they, and it's cool because they do you know make things with them stuff. It's cool. And they make money. I had a Rasta buddy that was a uh, musician from St. Lucia and he used to make uh pack the ganja roots and his uh he'd make it out of rum and uh he had not just cannabis roots he had these other roots in there also from some roots in, in jamaica some tree and uh yeah man that, that stuff i believe worked man i think you know he was the, he was like the roots here old. he was like 68 he's gotta be like 80 now but he at 60 the late 60s this guy didn't look a day over 45 it was amazing but the roots here, they use it lots for the honey. They make these honeys. If you if you've seen that, they put the roots and then they fill it with honey, and they let the like honey soak in the root. The roots soak in the honey, and yeah, this is like a Sam's Club, basically. I haven't tested them yet. I've I've seen those at seven. I haven't tested them yet. I tell you so what, the pineapple like, uh, one is dang. These were a lotus. These were a lotus. I guess while we're looking at products, I've got a cannabis energy drink in my fridge I guess I can show us there you go have you seen these the emroy hashes cannabis version uh, so here we go cannabis energy drink <laughs> oh no way check it out you see the emloy emloy makes a cannabis drink emloy yeah. so emloy is a pretty yeah. famous uh, energy drink in Thailand Actually, yeah, that's more cool. famous than Red Bull. Most people drink Emroy, and uh, yeah. they've just come out with uh, a cannabis infused version. I hope it's sativa, or else it'd be kind of a that'd be the twist eh, if they were infusing it with indica and you drank it and got really sleepy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's well, got a yeah, you're drinking a drinking fuel racing fuel with, with THC, it'd be weird, yeah. So, uh, but it has. I think it's made from leaves or root. That's all it is. It's just, but it has a nice like gingery snap to it. It, it is tasty. I'll give it that. In fact, I'll drink one right now. Yeah, cannabis. We used to grind it up into a powder uh, at my old house when we were running a lot of aquaponics stuff. And then we would use it for like um, a thickener for like gravy or aju or soups, kind of like you would corn flour. Um, so just thicken up soups and stuff like that. And it would always add a lot of, like kind of a, a really good flavor to it. Have you had the deep fried leaves here? Yeah, that's a big thing when you go out for like appetizers, they deep fry the leaves. Have you had that? 
I have not. I did have um, silkworms last night. I actually did a little video on the, the first one. I tried it. If you guys want to check it out on Instagram or, or YouTube, but uh, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I have not had a chance to try the deep fried leaves yet. Have you uh, ate anything else freaky here, like scorpions or anything else entertaining? I've had scorpions and tarantulas in other parts of the world before, but I'm, I'm I, apparently everyone thinks it's hilarious to eat bugs. So I think I'm going to do a because in Thailand, there's probably about a hundred different ones that I can try because I've seen about as much in the market. I think it'd be fun to buy a bunch of different ones and do like videos on each one. You do one a week. It's actually funny how like cultural it is because my daughter, who grew up here, she loves the bugs. She considers it like a snack. We go to the market. She's like, I want lots of bugs. And like she enjoys it. She's, there's like no stigma of like, ew, bugs. Like it was never, ever taught no. to her like that. So even me to this day, I don't like to eat them because I grew up with the stigma that like the bugs were icky and these things, but they, you know, it shows you just how culturally and socially washed we are. Even when it comes to something as simple as food, someone can look at food and think that's icky and another person could think it's a snack. It's a- Well, they'd be great on a salad or in pasta. They, you know, either one uh, with some pesto or something would be killer. Rat, snake. Yeah. Right, you know, it's it's all good over here, though. See, I yeah, I've never that's I've never that's eaten a rat twist, back eh? home. I never eat a rat. Rats here, dang. Have you had the yeah, rat yet? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. The, the I neighbors rice rats. So, just so people understand, the rice rats eat like. Sugar let cane. me just show you the environment they live in, so that you understand. This sugar is the environment rice and, the, and the rice fields or sugarcane fields, right? There, there's no toxic anything. There's no, you know, waste. The thing. Uh, you look at them, it's crazy. The pet shops, their rats aren't as beautiful as these rats. When you see these rats, when they get them and they, they snare them or how, you know, they get them different ways here. They're but they're clean. like, their eyes. Yeah, dude, the eyes and the face, it's just clean. You're like, wow, dude, it's like a I don't know. It's different. They don't look the same. Healthy, it's like a, like truly healthy, like yeah. in a fat. natural environment and fat and big and vivacious. Not like a, a scurry and little thing like a, you could be scared in this right. Hasn't had to like fight sewer gators before. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I got you. Doesn't have to carry slices of pizza down the stairs at the subway. Yeah, it's not carrying a shiv in its back pocket or nothing. All right, all right, got gotcha. you. Doesn't sell crack. You <laughs> no, I dude, think hey, I, 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 I've never seen sewer gators in Bataya. Anyway, you guys ever seen it? Uh, a Bangkok rat, man. I, I saw a Bangkok rat one night. Um, I was walking. I was in Sukhumvit between, like, I was probably like Sukhumvit eight or ten. And I was going back to four and there's a business guy. We got, uh, I came off the, the air train up the, uh, uh, off the, I wasn't on the air train, but I came downstairs. I was crossing the street. So uh, I get behind this guy with a, I remember he's like suit and tie and he's got a briefcase and all I just kind of horse white, white guy. And I, we were both getting ready to cross one of the soys to, to just go straight. To, and, and I, I, I almost tripped. I thought, yeah, I can't, I felt like I kicked up. A rock, like a heavy rock. Dude, it was a rat. Dude, I kicked a rat and it was the biggest thing, dude. This thing was the size of, dude, I'm telling you, it was like, I don't know, dude, it was like it's a 15 plus pound rat, dude. I mean, a huge rat. 
and it was missing all the hair and stuff ugly and then when i kicked it when i kicked it it scurried a little bit because i like get a right right in a rib cage i got it right inside because i looked down and went oh my god and, and it scurried and the white guy that's in front of me stepped on his tail dude the sound that came out of that rat when he stepped on the tail dude the guy jumped like two feet in the air it just growled, dude, like a, ah, it's so loud, dude, a rat. I was like, whoa, dude, I jumped back, and he jumped up, and, like, we both just bounced, dude, and then it, like, took off, you know, down the sidewalk, and, dude. Hey, think just, about this. Cannabis rats, rats from the cannabis field, that'll be the next thing here in Thailand, bro. Yeah, cannabis rat to eat, yeah, just let him eat cannabis. Yeah, just like the rats from the cannabis fields, just like mm-hmm. eat them. It'll be four twenty a kilo. <laughs> so, is there any um other interesting maybe um because I, I know Chris, you're a huge fan of of uh, all these different organic uh, hormone inputs and other things, but I know both of you. I know especially Infamous, you you did a bunch of stuff at the hydro store and got a chance to talk to a lot of different growers. What are some of the more maybe traditional Thailand natural farming inputs or Thai specific cultural inputs or pest control management things or other um, gardening inputs or sprays or just other things that people do here that might be new to Westerners or, or people in Canada or United States? Because I think there's a lot that we can learn as well. You, you talked about how I'm working with the people here to translate everything in Thai. I think there's just as much for us to learn from the Thai culture when it comes to gardening on the Western side as well. Well, they do a lot of like unique ferments. Um, like, I mean, uh, Chris's wife is a prime example. She makes a lot of the traditional Thai ferments, the egg hormones, uh, the fish ferments, um, the juicy, the MSG ferments, which I find really interesting. Have you seen those? Are they like? I have, can you tell us more about that? Because all these things are new to me. the lessons, but I've not been exposed to much of this before. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of times when you go out in the gardens and these things, you'll see people have different bottles laid out. Um, and so uh, we're talking about all the different hormones, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what like your missus makes, like the juicy, the MSG. So juicy... What's in an MSG? Um, yeah, Chris will come and show. Hey, you should have took the camera and brought us outside because that's really where you're going to get to see. She makes the egg hormone. And these are all just like almost like KNF ferments. This is the, this is the, this one here is the, yeah, this is the that's the egg, right? No, that's milk, the milk. milk. So that's a lactobacillus. That's basically like a labs. They make okay, the screen watch. rice okay, water. Watch, listen, it's ready too. I'm glad we got it. Just listen. Yeah. And it comes alive as soon as you open the air. But that's basically like a lab. Careful, watch. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah, close it. It's going to go out. It's just a roll, Yeah, that's made from a. Is. straining right. rice and milk right that's the the rice and milk and then that was right it was right it was right yeah there's a smell it kicks out too just like 
And this is and what? that's the egg one, right? That's the egg. Yeah, egg. I just no, no, this one. This is an egg. I said this egg. This ain't egg. What is? Yeah, but which one is this, babe? This ain't this. This ain't this ain't. That's for fucking bugs. Oh, this is the okay. So this is the this is the bug deterrent. Slat, you know. This is a this is Eson Abbott in the house. Like like, chant the bug is not like cure. But it's fermented what, sweetie pie, in this one? Because I don't know what's in that tub out there. Oh, I'm gonna say to take care of everything. It's a, so it's not just a but it's a, it's a it's also uh it's a nutrient it's a hormone but it's mixed with stuff that deters bugs like. So what? you can call it. It would be uh, just hand to toe wash, like. Hand to start to finish. Like evenly, you know. Yeah. You can use. To start, you can use it, but I mix the fucking uh, bucket thing in there. Okay, so she had, that's a different bug hate. Any bucket out there is different food, mm. what I make. Mm. So I can just make it together when I'm using it. Mm. To make it a bottle, I want to see always stuff like that. So she, this is, so this is what hormone? This is oh, what? I, no, that's. My Judici. It's a Judici mixed with so this is Judici red dang yeah. mixed with uh with, with this this stuff that she uses as her bugs deterrent, which is uh I forget what she puts in. She she I'm trying to get there. This one is but the, but the juicy the red juicy yeah. this is juicy right here. This one yeah, but the juicy is made from MSG, right? The oh, juicy is yeah, made so from bad. MSG. Yeah, so yeah. Totally it is. This now the, now the purple or bright pink, and sometimes you'll get a green off the same. It's the green. Why do you get the green? It just kicks off. Just a bacteria. The ba bacteria drops, and it's a sick green. I mean, it's like, like green, green. Water, lake water, or just different water, you know? Yeah, but this stuff here uh, is like probably the juicy is probably the most used in the. I mean, out of in the country, out of, uh, you see it yeah, everywhere. Country, People I mean, got bottles of it in the sun everywhere. You go to like everywhere markets, yes. nurseries, yes. neighborhoods. Yes. People just got that juicy laying out everywhere. And all yes. it is is MSG in water that's laid out in the sun. Shake and, it and up. What, and also, you start off with some of that. Uh, some of that. What do you call it? The uh, the there's bottles of it everywhere here. Uh, no, it kicks off with that. Uh, yeah, MSG, bro. And, yeah, what's that stuff that everybody uses? That the the, the somebody want a giant jug of that stuff. Uh, the the M, uh, EM EM doesn't EM kick off? Oh yeah, EM effective micro. But how you so okay? My bad. So you don't use. I don't EM. think there's any EM in the juicy though. I think it's just MSG. Oh, okay. And the red hormone. That right there. What is this here now? Is this fruit? Is this fruit? Is this fruit or vegetable? Put that in the dirt so make it burn. I know, but so start. But what's in it? Fruit, vegetable. That's what I thought. Which one? Vegetable or fruit? Both. Rice, rice, rice and vegetable. Yeah. So that's fruit. Fruit is. Yeah, this is so. This is rice and vegetable, and this she puts on the soil to kick off good, good bacteria, and that's how you get that white, the white growth in the soil. You get, we get it on like if anything sits around here, it'll start getting you know the white, 
That's a, what's on that? Is the coconut. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we got fruit flies. That's what the little gnats. I'm sure they Yeah, but the food hormone is really nasty. popular it's in the, the country. Off, too. She says, don't show them the nasty. I said, well, that's the good stuff. It's just starting it's to kick off. Nasty. I don't know. I know that it's just it's bacterially active and it's healthy. It's, oh, yeah, it's good. It's just starting. Now, is this the fish emulsion? Smell that? Yeah, I smell that. <laughs> Damn, is it strong? What's that right there? It's just a coconut I get from the tree. This is the coconut. It's uh, go for flower, flat flower. Okay. You want to use that? Start to, when it starts to trigger in the flower. Yeah, you okay. want it to come fast. You spray on the wind. Trigger, uh, so like it's so you can sit, uh, when they send come, signals to the plant. Trigger flower kind of stuff. You hear that? They start it's, like this. You spray on it. They're gonna pop more. Uh, how do you say it? Was it and, uh, set up better? Set up better. Yeah, and you gotta get more, more blood, more pop out. You know. Yeah, these are the seedlings uh, and that she brought back that I sprayed. These guys got these got that overspray, and they I mean you can see the old these they were torqued, dude. Hey, but show the bottles, bro. Show the bottles of the jersey and all that stuff. They're the juicy. Show just how many bottles you got going. What can you can you ask her to kind of walk people through how to make it if sure. they're interested and want to make it at home? Right here. This is where they are. This is where you where where they're brewed is in the like. I don't know, five gallon. Yeah, another five gallon. Yeah, like, uh, another five gallon. Because it keeps shaking too, like you every got, day. And I know why you didn't see they have like they'll uh, die. So that, so that's some pink. Turn it off like really pink. This look good, but it will fucking stink. Like, like mealine, mealine, tiny mealine, huh? What what's inside? What how you uh, make it? We have to have MHG, have a big sauce. And uh, it's not MG and egg. An egg. Three yeah, but see the, but see the, the, the oh, thing yeah. that's interesting, Chris, is everyone in Thailand uses it because it's all stuff they cook with at home. MSG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. use yeah, so. more, more, and and uh, Kenny, like uh, food you buy from store. Yeah, talking. She's talking like you know whatever big. Uh, yeah, brand brand like shit. Mods. You can do it every day and your plant love it. You know, they so just to translate a little bit for Western listeners, um, they're basically making something very similar to PSB, which is fish sauce, whole egg MSG, uh, and, and PSB inoculant. Uh, hey, if you can't if not, you can use rice wash. Yeah, and once and, and with the, what, what, I mean, once you get this, you can turn this into a shitload because yeah. if yeah, if you just you can make it more, you can make it more easy, but just yeah, simply, you can inoculate you know, other yeah. water with yeah. it. Yeah, watch yeah. exactly. And okay, it's, it's see that bottle you can take into make a ten bottle. Look, see, look, bang. These are all going to be juicy, probably. And and was it? I don't know. Didn't they take that long? They got the good sub. Well, I, I, I have. Look at but See this that? thing be like a year. Yeah, like three days to get late already. What do we got here? So, so basically, that's how it goes, like that. I mean, this is gonna, those are gonna look like that, and then they, and then they're ready to go. The darker uh, they get, you're gonna want to use them up. That's how I see it because they get that really like this one here. Like she's saying, this one's ready. Man. You want to just like give this to 
of you know your plants ASAP. And I think, and, I, and especially if you're trying to find ways to organically unlock phosphorus, that's one of the best ways to do it, especially if you have it in a locked up soil that you know it has the phosphorus content, but it's not by Oh, oh here you go. Dead. Here she wants to show you what happens when you don't shake it. And uh, if you're not on top of it, it, it will die. And it will turn back to clear. That's a great so, example. Thank you for showing us yeah. as well. Yeah. Hey, you know something cool. interesting too is these were big remember M? yeah they were big back in the day when when it first became legal when it first became legal these were but they're not even open bro i tasted one so and i had four no i didn't even bother i think she said but give hey, it we me. show them how you can turn them into a bong though that's the cool thing about the bottle the bottle is designed that when you finish it, you can turn it into a bong and it looks like a little bamboo bong. It's got the plastic ripper. You can rip the plastic off to take the plastic off and everything. It's crazy. Yeah, it does have a zipper right there. It's a tear right there. And it, yeah, it is the, you can make a nice finger out of that. Yeah. What? So. Oh, yeah. Here's a early, early flower and gangster. That's a well-designed product there. This, was, this one got destroyed. Look at it. It's coming. She saved it. It was all totaled, and she brought it back, and it's happy and healthy again. I mean, you know, the, the leaves are still showing signs of the la oh, what, the drama, but... Hey, listen to this, which is also a very oh. common thing for people to use, is uh, Red Bull, the traditional Red Bull in the bottle, yeah. not the carbonated one, like we know in the West. The original it's one that's Syrup. Syrup. People, yeah, people use that as a foliar spray here. <laughs> it's actually really funny. And this is, you know, and, and, and he uh, used to have a ton of all these beautiful uh, plants that, you know, uh, good luck oh, plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her thing, too. She's all over this. She's always hunting down. Here's a rubber tree, I believe. I, I think. I, I think it is. Uh, all sorts of. I love. I love these things. My, my mom loves this kind of stuff. So when I was growing up, she always had. It. Oh, you got a better one in there. Oh yeah. I want a gentleman. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, transplant. Fuck yeah! Look at this. <laughs> Oh wow! So so packed. I think it's so root bound. Oh. So root bound. Yeah, that's her thing. Hold on, hold on. Let me put you on spotlight and then tell us about that. There you go. What is this one? I like stuff, and you grow and never die. <laughs> yeah, she likes stuff that's like, you know, strong genetics that that that, that aren't like, you know, that don't fade in this. They call almond, almond, but they have the one they have colorful. They call almond. Mm. I'm looking for that one, but they're so hard to find. Yeah, see, she knows all this stuff, man. She knows all the the names and the and like the different varieties. Like she was this one here. She's saying she likes what, what's the what's gold? You said like a right? Yeah, they're more expensive. Yeah, yeah. See that there's people that are into this stuff, and they do. You remember you remember Sam? It was crazy for bro, I remember that. Stuff. I remember all that, bro. There was a the houseplant boom here for a little bit. And the banana plants too. 
don't know if you were here when the red bananas were big, Steve, but they used to sell these red bananas for millions of VAT, like thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars US for a banana tree. Um, yeah, yeah. Or stuff like this, or this right here, like. Yeah, and plants like, yeah, certain house plants, but even back in America and everywhere, like the Monstera, Albos, stuff like that, you know, they're well, expensive. Because they, it's because they have like a, they'd have a leaf on it. Remember M, M, they'd have like a certain leaf thing or a certain. Yeah, they would have certain patterns, like the army oh, patterns, the yeah, camouflage. This. Like this here. Check this, bro. That, that is awesome. I mean, it's like. Yeah, so those, so those are worth a ridiculous amount of, that particular type, the, the. The Swiss cheese variegated yeah. is worth a pretty penny, and you know that plant right there is probably seven, eight hundred dollars US or more. Look at that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got yes, we got a volunteer. We got a volunteer. Shout out to friend of the show. Go ahead. Tomato. Shout out to friend of the show Dylan McAdam. He, uh, uh -huh. You can check him out on on his on Facebook. He's a good uh, also in the Aquaponic Cannabis Growers. He's one of the admins. He has a whole bunch of monsteras, so he he actually cut back some of his cannabis production to grow monsteras because in the Canadian market it made more financial sense to do that. I believe that in Canada the grip and uh, yeah, the cannabis in Canada isn't what what it once what it, it once was. It's a totally different world up there now, especially for small growers. I'll tell you, the Zoom camera is way better than the Chrome when it comes to this. Uh, I can even see it on my things. You can actually see it. Now, that one's cool. I, I mean, there's a few here I just pretty digging. This is one of them. What a trippy, cool, unique-looking plant. I don't know. It's weird. And this one, yeah, you, the leaves and stuff, you get, the, you know, it's just nuts how they cut out. You know, I can get a this white. This reminds me like, some, like freak show ABC if it was in the dinosaur time or something. You know, you can see like a giant plant. Wow. Yeah. Thailand's cool, dude. I'm not used to uh, seeing a lot of plants here. I mean, you know, that thing in a waterfall. And the other thing here, and of course, you got those air plants that literally the roots just. You know, feed off the moisture in there right that like live like these things no i'm talking about like these right here that it can just live this is they could just live here take it this thing down most of those are from North america which is fun are they yeah it's a trip though you know to me the thing is as happy as can be it sure is bright. I get underneath the shade better. Yeah, it's like happy as can be. It's just totally like green and lovely. And it's just roots are just chilling. To me, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see these in California much. Is there any other, um, any other things you can recommend to Thai growers infamous? I know you have quite a bit of experience and, and experience other growers uh, trial oh. contribute more than just about anybody else. Uh, in the market, uh, what advice do you have for people that are trying to get into either, uh, you know, someplace like Thailand, but also, you know, other people growing in a tropical climate? Uh, know your environment. Pay attention to things besides the light cycle. I mean, that seems to be the big thing here. Everyone's like 12, 12 all year. Mm, and it's like, there's other environmental controls that are important. 
humidity, these things. Pay attention to your strains. Um, know exactly what's going to work here, what's not going to work here. Realize that not everything is going to grow and do well in all parts of the world. This isn't an indoor. There's certainly environmental factors which will impact the cultivars you pick. So make sure that you've done your homework and you've got your priorities aligned. And uh, know that you're not going to come over here and go into the store and buy a bottle of uh, advanced nutrients or, you know, walk into the shop and get Athena. You're going to have to really understand what makes products products and get back to the root of uh, all things cannabis. And I think everything ultimately leads most growers to being organic here just for that method, because, you know, you end up going with raw, raw products like seaweed, bat guano, just local inputs from other people versus brands of products. You're not going to go buy a, a specific uh, boogie booster tea or, you know, a big button and stuff because, well, you can, but it's very expensive and it's not really affordable. For a hobbyist, okay, but for a commercial application, no. So you end up resulting to organic local inputs. So you got to understand what's available in your market and uh, take advantage of what you can. So you really need to be utilized where you are and uh, what's available. So if you're in an area with lots of chickens, you, you may want to start thinking in the feather meal and, and, you know, chicken waste and even dead chicken bodies. I know some people use those to prime the soil. So you see all sorts of different people utilizing what they have in their farms. There's always a farm in each community in Thailand. It's a big farming country. So you see people utilizing that. So pick what works best for you, what you know best in your situation and uh, go somewhere where you can find that easiest. And yeah, do your homework because uh, it's hard to grow on the islands too, you know. Lots of people come here thinking, oh, Kosamui will live on the beach and grow and the humidity and stuff changes. Look at, you know, real communities here, the communities, not, not, the, not the big stores and what's going on and connect with them because that's where you're going to find the best products and the best seeds. Um, they're not all on Shopee, you know, so make sure you you connect and see what's going around stay connected with people it's hard to kind of just isolate yourself and just order your products and do everything all on your own here you kind of be got to be tapped in and talk to people and know who's got want and take advantage of the situation and just be i don't know tapped into what's going on in your community overall and just and don't be greedy support who's around you because it all comes around full circle here it's the land of smiles, but it's different smiles. They're not all happy. So realize that when people are looking at you, they're never going to create a problem in your face, but behind your back, it may be a different situation. So don't give any reason to talk bad about you. You know, give away lots of stuff. Be generous and take care of your community. Remember, people are sick, need your help. Help those first, then help yourself. And yeah. Oh yeah, and, and just on that note, we had this week we had a bunch of rejected plants that were like, "Look, they were already pheno hunting. We've we've germinated them from a bunch of Thai stuff. 
we're not going to keep these. I, there's things I, I don't like about, but it doesn't mean they're not going to still produce bud. So we already gave all those out to our local little village here. And we're like, here, here's the, anybody that wants to grow cannabis, cool. I'll be honest with you. These aren't perfect plants, but if you just need to get started and you want to get something for free here, you know, and that's perfectly fine. It doesn't mean that they don't have, um, you know, the ability to still produce good buds. They're just not perfect for what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? And, and the funny thing in Thailand is like we said before, maybe they don't even want it for buds. It wouldn't be uncommon for someone to grow that plant and just pick it for leaves and use it yeah. in their soup. And that may be perfect for them. That may be all they want. And uh, and that's okay. You know, and uh, people want the plants for different things. We come from a place where we've got a lot of stigmas about it, just like the kids with the bugs. Um, we have our way of looking at the cannabis and people here don't look at it like that. They, they look at it as the whole plant for many different things. Uh, even the lady where I buy my morning coffees and stuff, she starts today or having a, a t- like a top. She tops her cannabis plant and throws it in her tea. And that's what she has. And uh, she's not interested in flowers or nothing else. All she wants is tops, which I find is quite interesting. But uh, so the cannabis can be utilized by all different people. And even while you can utilize it, put it out there for someone else who maybe can and don't be greedy. You don't need to milk a dollar out of everything that you give to somebody else. Charity doesn't hurt. The charm always takes care of you. So, you know. Absolutely. And that was one of the things when I went out to Zimbabwe, I was super stoked to talk, to translate a lot of the KNF stuff into uh, Shona. And then same thing in here in, in Thailand, we're working with both the, the lady that, um, we were talking about earlier that uh, uh, didn't quite have the same cannabis tolerance that we did, but also her sister as well are starting a YouTube channel, all in Thai, just talking about KNF practices, just so we can have a free and open channel to talk about in their native language about these different natural uh, practices that can help improve their garden for free. When I was in Africa, I noticed Syngenta, Syngenta, Syngenta at all the different things. Syngenta is basically like the Asian Monsanto, right? We don't want to support them. But if we can teach people how to use Korean natural farming inputs, local plant ferments, the egg ferment that you're talking about, and they can have similar replacements that have similar parts per million values uh, at the end of the day, so they can have similar potassium, uh, (coughs) phosphorus, whatever. uh, At the end of the day, their crops are gonna grow just as good. They're not gonna be reliant on foreign imports, which empowers the farmer to be less reliant on the government or uh, international uh, import export and all these other things that make their day difficult and, and can be self-reliant and, and provided for the local community and, and whatever happens after that is, is awesome so i think that it, it's super great to you know anytime you can come into a community that isn't familiar with a lot of these more modern practices that we've kind of refined and refined thanks to the blessing of all the money that comes into the cannabis industry and how much we can extra test for these things and quantify the data that comes out of these different methodologies. We can help bring these into places that really can benefit from it. You know, teaching one person in Thailand, if I teach that guy, he's going to teach his whole community. That does so much more value than just making a couple of bucks in, in, in the United States or, or somewhere else where, you know, I, yeah, I can make a bunch of money on a weekend, but it's not going to change, you know, a whole section of a country's ability to maintain its long-term prosperity and, and food production. So this is the same reason why I went to Zimbabwe, right? A lot, uh, some people were like, well, hasn't their government maybe been 
less than um, um, ideal. Uh, I'll put it politely uh, in the past. And yeah, I, I'm not going to argue against that. But at the same time, if people like us don't go in and teach people how to do things the right way, how's it ever going to change? You want to break the system? How do you do that? You start with how people feed uh, feed themselves. How, how, you know, where is their food coming from? Because as soon as that's provided for, now they have time for other things that they can focus on, such as you know changing you know the rest of their lives for the better. But it, as soon as they, get, but a lot of these places have to worry about feeding themselves all day long. If you can make that a much you know fewer hours of the day for them, now they can have time to focus on making the rest of their local community better. And so this is this is how you break the system, right? You teach these types of KNF inputs. That's why we started Open Nutrient Project to kind of make a, a permanent database where people anyone can submit things and have the test kits and all those other things to to kind of you know submit their own ideas on these types of ferments and other things to, to share with everybody and have it in a simplified format that can be easily translated into lots of different languages. Because if you want to defeat the kind of the whole system of everyone's reliance on these different financial inputs. That's how you do it. Give them the tools to do it. Don't don't preach to them. Give them the toolbox to, to, to do it for themselves and decide what they need for their crop. If he thinks he needs more nitrogen, he can he can adjust that for his own thing. I'm not going to tell him how to grow rice. I don't know how to grow rice. But he can quantify the answer out of the inputs we have on there. So um, that's the kind of thing that I'm all about. And one of the reasons why I love to come to Thailand, why I went to Zimbabwe, why I love working with these communities that haven't been exposed to a lot of the wonderful things that we can do that can empower these farmers where they can watch a couple of, of uh, classes online or on a YouTube or whatever and suddenly completely change the production and the yields of their own farms for, for zero dollars. And that's, you know, uh, one of the things where I'm also, just like we talked about earlier, I want to absorb as much as I can from what they've traditionally done here, as much as I am bringing things as well, because that's how we further refine the whole system. You can take the best from all the different parts of the world and make them into the best possible one. And then allow people to pick and choose what, what fits best for them on their farm, their humidity, their environment, their altitude, and whatever else it is that's going to allow them to succeed. 100. And I think in Thailand, you see a much more of a bigger drive to keep everything organic above all things. A lot of farmers, the first thing I talk to, their, their main concern is keeping everything organic, pesticide free, and uh, something you don't really see everywhere, especially in a society where cannabis is supposed to be super clean and, you know, monocropped and, you know, unregulated crop at 65 days, whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's nice to see people trying to do things more on a craft method here. Um, small batch, there's not really a lot of big mega crops here yet. So uh, let's hope that the Thai farmers keep doing what they do and keeping everything small in-house and uh, they're able to produce the quality that, that they should be to get on a world stage, Because, uh, but it's gonna take time. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we'll start to wrap up the show. It's been about two and a half hours. So I appreciate you guys giving us your morning. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to spending more time working with you guys in the future. And um, oh, hopefully seeing you uh, can tie seeds here uh, before too long. Yeah, I mean, I'll try and swing up there. Soon. Just let me know, brother. Yeah, I'll yeah, definitely. And you're definitely a cool guy to have in Thailand. I think uh, all the little, all the local growers are going to appreciate you having you around and your knowledge. And 
what you're bringing to the country. So it's going to be cool to see that and uh, continue more and swap genetics and do what yeah. the country's doing. Well, I wanted to uh, just plug you one more time, uh, Infamous Gardens on Instagram, uh, Infamous Gardens underscore for our audio listeners, uh, if you want to find him on Instagram. And he has a wonderful, uh, you know, collection of pictures and different uh, photos from various uh, operations here in Thailand. Uh, also a great guy to, to hit up if you need uh, cultivars here in uh, Thailand as well. He has a huge selection, so uh, great guy. And then uh, Canna Thai Seeds as well. Um, you can check out last week's episode if you want to hear a, a lot more about him and his operations, links to his stuff on there. I'll make sure I put that in the description as well. I uh, very much appreciate both of you. Um, anywhere else people can find you there, Infamous, or anywhere else that we can mention to uh, to help you out? Uh, I've got a Facebook shop, uh, Cultivate Brewery Rom. Uh, I've got the Facebook Infamous Gardens, but I'm banned pretty much all the time on Facebook, so I rarely post. Instagram is where you can see most of the latest photos. When I make a video every once in a while, it gets posted to YouTube if I, I get that creative. So if you want to see some of the bigger operations I did, I, I've taken videos of that on YouTube. So you can check out some of my, my grows there if you want to check out some very amateur photography. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm always easy to talk to. Hit me up if you're in Thailand and you need whatever. So check us out. What about you, Kenneth? I seeds. How do people find you? Uh, same uh, Instagram, Kenneth I seeds, and you can uh, just you can just search bar cyan soil or Kenneth I seeds on Facebook. Because uh, my name's uh, Ty PG. You're never gonna find it. So, and my wife's in Ty also. Hers is like something Gonjali. <laughs> So, yeah, this this IG is probably the best spot. Awesome. What about you, Wes? Yeah, man, you can find me on Instagram at West Engine or on uh, That Smoke Show on Wednesday nights at uh, 7, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Western time. Uh, and where's the best place for people to find you, Potent? You guys can find me on That Smoke Show. In fact, I was going to bring up a channel real quick. Um, so apparently, if you make weird memes for your uh, episode photos, you get a lot more views. So we're gonna we're gonna roll with that. Um, the the Josh uh, Cookies Bro one was uh, yeah, it worked out. So we figured out how the algorithm works. So we're gonna, but we made a fun Kanye meme for this week. Um, we had a great episode last week. I brief tour of the operations out here. We had some IPMO stuff. We had a bunch of other cool cannabis talk. Uh, for quite a few hours. It was almost four hours of content yesterday. Um, wow. uh, Kanatai Seeds was on there yesterday and a whole bunch of other great people, Captain 420 and uh, and many others. So be sure to check that out. Um, uh, American One and a whole bunch of others. We have a bunch of other great episodes. That's on Wednesday nights or uh, Thursday mornings, Thai time. And then we also have the Potent Products YouTube channel every uh, Friday morning, Thai time or Thursday evening, American time. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys again soon. You can find me on Potent Ponics, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all the things. Uh, we will soon be on all the rest of the things for Dat Smoke Show, but you can find us on most of them already as well. I'm a little bit behind on uploading episodes, but we will uh, finish getting that caught up as well. So 
Have a good one, everybody. And I appreciate you all coming on and uh, we'll catch you guys again next week.